This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. I keep observation of the ancients. I'm not anxious. I'm so patient. Look at me. I'm levitating, floating on this ocean of emotion like I'm ice skating. Pictures be like Nikon, King Kong, Saigon. Might want to leave for your lights off. Might want to turn on your brights off. Because evil's deceitful when demons reside in cathedrals. Watch them shine on. Resident Evil residing in people I thought was my people's. They pythons. Pythons, pythons. Not the type to rely on, but the type to keep eyes on. See through the high nylon, high let bygones just bygone. Thinking in silicon boobies and booties and Gucci and Louis from Taiwan. Man, people are fake, man, people are snakes. Ask me how I'm doing, I proceed to tell a man, man, I'm great, great. Look at me clearing my plate. Mmm, delicious. These haters, they dirty dishes, watch them pile up. I just keep my distance, pay them no attention. I just keep my cool, I'm so air conditioned, never give a mention. Who? They so fake ID, never get it, mitten. Watch nah. me flow. Watch me flow. Flow, flow, no Flow, flow, no Watch me flow. Flow, flow, no Matrix D, you so make believe, you so Maybelline, you ain't facing me. The world is my ocean, I'm floating, I'm coasting, my focus is out, so heavenly. Won't be ruled by emotion, you shame say my ocean, you peasants, so never unsettle me. Higher the levels be, higher the devils be. I'm watching real carefully all of my enemies, saying they care for me, you never care for me. Watch me fly. Watch me. 
Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter on Detroit is Different. And we have our token millennial, Brittany. <sighs> Hi, Pipe. You're not the token today, though. Mm-mm. You're much more amazing. <laughs> I, I'm than the me. token yelder. <sighs> That's it. Yeah, mm, I'm the token are. yelder in the place to be. Yeah, I'm holding it down for the 47 year olds. Yep. <laughs> generation X, hip hop generation. Great. Yeah. Okay, this is beautiful. Um, so how was your week? Week was good. Yeah, what did you do? Just enjoy the sun, work, and the weather's been beautiful. There's nothing like Detroit in the summer. Yeah. You know, so. So you've been just, what, like, at the beach, like, in a tan? No. What? Just the river walk. You know, I live off Fort and Trumbull, so I'm, like, right there by the oh, fisherman yeah. dock. I walk to the, you know, bridge and yeah. chill out and make pizza dough. And That's right. Stuff. You're a black pizzerina. Right? I'm oh, a Blaina. We got to get a name for you. Okay. A Bleach Arena? Sure. Okay. We got, we'll figure it out. But um, yeah, so when is your debut for your um, pizza? July 28th. July 28th. Mm-hmm. This is going to be your exclusive tasting. pizza tasting. This mm-hmm. is going to be awesome. I'm here for it. Black Thanks. Woman Pizza. Thanks. Holla. Okay. Um, oh my God. So my week has been filled with enjoying social media Mm. and I'm really, really excited to have the guests that are on here today. It's, um, quite an honor. Yeah. They are rocking like all this different melanin and hairstyles and beautiful smiles and great energy. Aren't they so fly? Yeah, they are. Yeah. So Afro Future Fest. That's going to be so hot. It's going to be August the 3rd. It's going to be on Feedem Freedom Farm, Black-owned land Mm. on the east side. So this is going to be exciting. I'm really excited about it. And it's a fundraiser for the Afrofuture youth, which is a really exciting youth-led program that we're going to hear all about. And um, let's let's bring our guests into the space and bring them into the room. So let's burn some sage smoke. So we're burning the sage smoke right now, and the sage is burning. I wanted to make a sound effect, but... But sage doesn't make sound. Well, maybe it makes, like, a silent, like, still sound of, like, energy, like, bad energy leaving. There you go. <laughs> and then, like, good energy, like, you know, falling <laughs> down upon us, like... Right, and then we go through the time warp, and we go through like <laughs> to our ancestors, and our ancestors just like surround us, and they're here with us, and they give us strength, and we appreciate them, mm. and we're settled, and we feel good, and we feel empowered, and then <sighs> here we go. All right, yay! So we have Afro Future Fest that's coming up, that's produced by. Hey y'all, I'm Numi. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to um, talk to you guys more about Afrofuture Fest and how it's going to support Afrofuture youth and what Afrofuture youth is. And I'm joined with... Hey y'all, I'm Francesca, also a part of Afrofuture Youth, co-director and also co-founder of this festival with Numi. Mm. I'm also excited to talk to you guys about all the amazing things that Afrofuture Fest will bring to the city. Oh Yeah. And we have one of our performers with us. I'm Danny Little. Um, I write books and do poetry. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. I love your hair. Right? Yeah. Great. She always has great hair. Like, that's one of her mission statements, I think. 
mm. of living. It's beautiful. Like hair. That's what's up. Yeah. So, okay. Now, I know Danny the longest, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. Danny used to design in the yeah. fashion show mm-hmm. and, you know, creative, mm-hmm. do a lot of creative stuff when we had 5e. Right. And stuff like that. And, um, I feel like your creativity has really blossomed and flourished and you're doing like really well in the city and people really love you and they love your work. Mm -hmm. So that's really awesome. So congratulations on that. Thank you. So um, what are you going to do at this festival? Um, I'm going to do a few poems. It's uh, like a 15 minute set. Um, And one of the poems I can do right now. Really? We'll, we'll, We'll do a different one. Wait, what? Save save that one for the show. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going to do this one for the show. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, do not label yourself an apology. You are goddess, queen, you are magic, even when you don't feel magical. Even when you couldn't conjure up a smile if you tried, and especially with the power of your bloodstained vagina leaking evidence of life and regeneration, you tell them judgmental ass bitches to bow down. So a lot of my um, newer work is in this book called The Inner Workings of an Untamed Mind. Mm. And um, I made all the books by hand. Mm. Um, 122 of them were the originals, and I dipped them in beet juice so that they could have a pink hue, mm-hmm. and then I stained them with tea, and I burned all of the pages. So it was a full process. Um, it took me like two weeks to do 20 books, and I kept doing those until I did like 122. And um, yeah, so now I have a regular book. But I'm also producing all of those by hand right now, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm self-published. Um, have three books out. Um, feelings of an introverted introvert. And <laughs> also, on Sundays, we self-care. That's a journal, though. It's mm-hmm. a, so people can start taking more accountability for their own self-care. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What made you do that? Um, it just came to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just was in a healing uh process uh my surgery the last surgery that I had was like two years ago mm-hmm. so it took me like a year to recover from that mm. and so it was just me mm-hmm. and um I got to writing and a friend encouraged me so I put I put everything out and yeah it sounds quite incredible so um a paper what kind of paper it's regular paper mm-hmm. um but it's stained in beet juice Stained with tea and then burned mm-hmm. each page and then all bound together. Okay, tell us why you did this process. Um, I did, well, I can read you the introduction. Okay. It is, okay. I wrote this book. I dyed the pages with the dust of beets and stained them with tea. I burned them. I bound them together with love and hand-weaving techniques passed on from my ancestors. I pulled the words from all of the generational trauma that has been festering in my womb since 1800 B.C. or some shit, and I did not mix it with honey. Ain't nothing about this book sweet. So, like, that's the introduction to the book, and Mm -hmm. it just tells the process of me making it and... um, 
that's where I pulled from. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Area D. Matthews. Mm-hmm. So I love how she acts with her poetry. Mm-hmm. And that's something I peeped when I was younger on the poetry scene. Okay. Yeah. And so um, where did you make these books? Um, In my living room. Wow. Now, how, <laughs> now what is your living room looking like? I mean, when you're making it? Looks it looks like an art space. My mm-hmm. whole home looks like mm-hmm. an art space. I have uh, different sets set up for people to take pictures and do interviews or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I have my art because um, I do fiber art as well. Mm-hmm. So I have my art all over my walls and I make these books. Um, I'm going to be in the Detroit Book Fest at Eastern Market on July 21st. Okay. To sell them. So. That's super cool. Can I see it? Yeah. It's going to be you. so cool. This is really yeah. awesome. Can I just add that Danny's home literally is magical. First off, she's a Pisces. <gasps> it's colorful in this space. It's like you can see like her process mm-hmm. in the space. Mm-hmm. It's like you are a part of that process. You see it from her books. To every everywhere you look, it looks like a a mini like art um, exhibit. Her whole apartment looks like a curated space. You mm-hmm. over here, we have you know her the pieces that she's made together from yarn and crocheting, and then in another corner, you have everything she's pieced together, like like giving you this whole forest feel with her plants and her just things, everything from things she's taken outside, the plants, the pieces of the earth. Everywhere you look, I get the most work done over there. Mm. I've written so many papers in her living room because I feel just... Creative or free? It's I feel free and creative. And mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I've tried to make my space as comforting as I can, but I go over her place and I get stuff done. I actually mm. did my Afro Future Youth curriculum in her living room. Mm. So maybe you can go over her house, Danny, <laughs> and then help her... I do. Help new me. Okay. We, we're neighbors. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> that makes it easy. Our buildings are next door to each other. That makes yeah. it easy. Yep. Well, I love it. I think the the book is really, really wonderful. It actually reminds me of a vintage book that you would go and see in the library. One of the ones you can't touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's really awesome. So um, who is your audience for this book? Um, I think... I have an effect on, I don't have like a, a age limit for my mm-hmm. audience because I've read it to older people and I've read it to younger people and they still receive it. I think it's the emotion that I put behind it when I do my poetry mm-hmm. and I um, speak mostly in stream of consciousness and I write mm-hmm. in stream of consciousness. So it's easier for other people to put themselves in my situation and be able to feel what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's really awesome. Thank you. So, um, the books will be what? At what happens Afro after? Fest. Yeah, they'll be at Afro Future Fest, mm-hmm. and then what about after that? Are they going to be somewhere, or they just get them from you? Yeah, um, I sell them on Etsy. Mm-hmm. So my name is just Danny Little D A N N I L I T T L E E um, L I T T L E. Um, I'm Danny Little everywhere. So on Etsy. You just pay $20 for my original, well, the inner workings of an untamed mind. I just have uh, printed copies now, Mm -hmm. but they're scans of the actual pages. Mm -hmm. So so you don't lose out on the experience. Mm -hmm. So I have that one. And then I have um, my second 
well, my third book, actually, Feelings of an Introverted Introvert. And a lot of people connect with that one because everybody's like, oh, well, I'm an introvert, too. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the stream of consciousness writing, and it's, it's deeper in depth than the first book. The first book was like, a, hello, everybody. And then the second book or the third book is like, all right, so this is some of the tough stuff that I've been going through and then it get, it gives you a lot of healing messages too. Um, and the second book is the journal uh, on Sundays with self-care. Mm. Yeah. So I a lot of it. people like that one too because it's very healing. I have mm. like questions in there like what is your love language? What is your apology language? And people work on themselves and they tell me they've been working on themselves oh, and that's it makes so cool. me feel proud. Yeah. 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 This is great. What a great mm-hmm. offering you have to the world. Thank you. Yeah, this yeah. is beautiful. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So this is one of the artists that's going to be at the Afro Future Fest. Yes. And this is really exciting. So um, tell us a little bit more about what's going to happen like at Afro Future Fest. All right, right. So I'll talk about the beginning of the day. I'm I'm glad um, that we are like transitioning into that because... It's all about healing. Mm. Um, the first half is about getting um, activated with the land of freedom, freedom, really um, filling all of the um, ancestors, filling all of the sustainability that comes from growing, um, uh, growing on your own land um, and getting people introduced to those um, different practices that can lead us into our future um, for us to be able to grow food for ourselves, for us to be able to do that with community. Um, and so... The first half will have like an open mic portion, and that's where Danny will be saying her poetry. Um, and it also have some performances from community members. Um, it'll have a parade. Um, it'll have a drum circle, um, and it'll it's just it'll be a full just activation of the ground before the night begins. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the healing modalities that'll be taking place? So we have tarot that's going to be um, orchestrated by. Taylor Amari Little. Taylor is going to be there doing tarot readings. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, Hania. Hania, also known as Honey, is doing tarot readings. Mm-hmm. And then we have Taylor Amari Little doing Reiki. Mm. So Taylor is going to be doing Reiki. Hania is going to be doing tarot. And those are the main two things. Oh, we also have, well, someone just reached out to us um, about offering massages, which mm. I think will be cool. If we can fit it in there, then that'll be really cool. And all mm-hmm. of these people are black women who are offering these services, massages, tarot, Reiki. Um, and hopefully we can squeeze in some ancestor libations because it, it's, it's only right. Honestly, mm-hmm. we've done mm-hmm. libations on this land before. We would not be here without our ancestors. And mm-hmm. before we kick off anything, I think that needs to happen. So mm-hmm. got to make sure we fit that in too. Mm-hmm. And then um, outside of the healing, there will be some workshops. We're going to have um, a live sewing interactive workshop with Jag Alexis. That's my best friend. Shout out to her and Mar Dollar. So they will be there doing clothing alterations and adding some C's to people's pieces. Um, and you get to interact with them and see the process and how they work through those things. They are both tailors, designers, stylists. They can do it all. So they'll have a table set up for that. 
the Afrofuture youth siblings um, who are also the participants in our program are also going to have tables set up selling various things Mm -hmm. from art pieces to things that they're going to bake and sell and foods, things they want to create and um, all of the funds that they make from selling these things they get to keep. Mm -hmm. Our uh, our babies are going to be many entrepreneurs or not even many. They're going to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just it. Like, Mm -hmm. and for the kids, uh, or excuse me, the little siblings who can't be there, their parents are going to sell things on their behalf if they're interested in selling things. Mm -hmm. And then tell us um, what, you know, their contribution to the fest is. Some of them are going to be performing. Mm -hmm. We have Ami, who's our little sis, and she's going to hop up on stage. Anybody else who wants to hop up on stage, we're going to make sure that there is some time and space for them to do so. Mm -hmm. They also came up with the logo, y'all. So I want you all to know that the logo for Afro Future Fest is dope logo. It was made by Ashanti Africana, but we didn't want Ashanti to just design it herself. We wanted the youth to come up with um, the logo, but we we felt conflicted because we were like, okay, they're all going to submit designs, and then she's only going to pick one, and then Mm -hmm. someone's going to feel left out. And I said, Okay, nope. You take elements from all of their work. Mm -hmm. This is about Mm co-creation. So we're going to co-create this together. Everyone adds elements. Ashanti is going to pull out elements from each piece of work that she receives or whoever um, uh, contributed Mm -hmm. something. And we got our logo. Mm. So they are out here designing and just doing the dang thing. Yeah, that's what's up. Mm -hmm. So then um, tell us about the how this concept, you know, came about, because I know people are like, hitting me up like Afro Future Fest and it's like I mean we've been doing Afro Future now for at least 20 30 years so uh, it's interesting to me when people say what is that yeah but um I think it's you know interesting because each person has a different uh take on it for themselves Mm-hmm. Which to me mm-hmm. is Afro Future because you know they always tell black people like you need to focus on one thing mm-hmm. And we be so multidimensional with it. Okay. And we be so renaissance with it. And it'll be like, and you'll be great in like mm-hmm. everything you do. Yeah. And yeah, people, what did, um, what's his name? Say they won't let me be great. <laughs> they canceled him now. Maybe he's not canceled. Who are we talking about? Um, The DJ, DJ Khaled. Oh, God. I want him to take a seat for, I want him to take several seats for coming at Tyler and trying to dispute him having the number one spot. It was some chart and he was mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. that ambu- ambiguous music that no one listens to and y'all are trying to tell me that that got that spot. I'm just yeah. like, it was it just did. because he got knocked out of number one. I'm like, that's hey and Hey and Hey gets you nowhere. In this yeah, but it's all good. They'll, they'll bring him back though. He'll be back. You know how people cancel people and they come back. I can't front though. I can't, I had, you know, I was on the cancel Daniel Caesar, but then he came back with that beautiful album and I was like, Okay, you can have your white girls. It'd be like that sometimes, honestly. You can have your white girls. You're not raping and harming people. You're just, you just have anti-blackness and you just don't like black women. That's your personal loss. Yeah, honestly. Definitely. I let people navigate their aspects of blackness how they need to on their own. And I'm just like, look, that's that's you. As as long as you aren't out here harming us with it. Only I'm thing he did navigate. He did do harm though. Let, yeah. uh, let me just be oh, honest. Oh yeah, okay. He did harm in the sense that he dissed, you know, black women. And oh, okay. so that's foul. I, I wanna acknowledge that. That that was super foul. Mm. He he was like, uh I just feel that like everyone canceled him, so nobody bought his 
record and he's not making any money. But I can't front. The album's tight. So I listen to it on Spotify. Um, I don't know if that absolves me of any guilt. <laughs> Does it? Because technically, yeah. like, I'm already paying for Spotify. You know what? But I'm giving them spins. I'm giving them spins. Oh, no. That's your personal choice yeah. if you want to hear him. I feel like he's not yeah. raping people. It's okay. He's just yeah. confused. And, I mean, he sounds lovely, so. I mean, yeah. he's, you know, he don't know, you know what I'm saying, about, well, he know, but he don't know. That's right. which right. is a part of the little tiny yeah. jag thing. Right. But, um, yeah, our people be knowing and not knowing at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know. I just feel that, I just feel like maybe I'm, I'm just justifying it. I'm be honest with you. It's some bullshit. <laughs> but, uh. He, but I just like the album. You know what I'm saying? I feel like mm-hmm. okay, he ain't harming people in that way. He just hates black women, and I don't know. I shouldn't say he just hates black women. I should just acknowledge, yes, he hates black women, and I like his new album, and all of that is real complex. So I don't know what to do with it. But you can hold more than one thing at yeah. once. I don't think things have to be looked at like through this binary lens. It doesn't have to be this or that. Like it's multiple things a part of these things. Mm-hmm. It's complex. Yeah. It's super complex. Yeah. But I'm still not giving nobody, because I don't want nobody to hit me up tomorrow and some give R. Kelly a pass. Oh, absolutely. Because I gave Daniel Caesar. Because I gave But the two aren't comparable, <laughs> though. They're not. The two you aren't know, comparable. You know somebody going to tag me tomorrow. I heard you talking about you. Uncanceled <laughs> <laughs> right, Daniel right. Caesar. <laughs> what about nah. that? Nah. nah. I can't put this book down. Like, I feel like it's like a, like, you know how the Bible has an orbit? It's like a little Bible. You know what I mean? Except just, it I'm has just like, the word vagina. Wanna, and then I'm like, oh, I don't want to put this down. <laughs> well, I love, uh, this is so digressing, but I love how you can like literally get to any poem because the way that you, uh, you, uh, you. It's like an art piece. Purposely. Don't, now hey, don't break it. Hey, I'm not going to break it. <laughs> <laughs> and I also like how you numbered the pages too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that the first one? It's a precious art yeah, piece. So delicate. Oh my gosh. I'm going to hand this back to you, Danny. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I'll because Brittany show. plays basketball. She might be over there, start chewing on it or something. No, I'm just picking my <laughs> Danny, is it back in one piece? Your book? Yes. Yeah. Thank okay. You. All right. All right my bad. I'm just talking junk. <laughs> okay. So back to the festival. Um. So, okay. So Afro. Well, first of all, the Afro Future Fest, let's be clear, it was done last year. This yes. is the second year. Yes. Yeah. And old girl was performing on there last year with a big old picture. Somebody was on that right. stage last year. Mm. Last year. Right. I saw the flyer from last year and right. I was like, I, I started to post it and I was like, uh, keep it moving. You know, it's Afro Future. Mm-hmm. It's Afro Future. Mm-hmm. You know. right. And this we're was moving the past. into the future. Exactly. And this we, was the past. we stay moving forward, honestly. Oh. Yeah, that's that's yeah, all you can do. Future. Okay, so um, speaking of which, the concept for this, for, the, for having just a festival and the festival, you know, itself, like, talk about that. It's a couple meanings behind that, multiple meanings behind why this festival is what it is and how it came about. The first being that uh, Fran and I were trying to come up with creative ways to raise money to start programming for Afro Future Youth. And the thing about it is, in order to start programming for Afro Future Youth, we need at least $35,000. Feeding the little siblings, taking them on field trips, and um, paying people to do facilitation with them is just not cheap. 
It's not. Yeah. And then honoring ourselves and our and our work and our worth and contributions to that. Mm-hmm. We don't even plan on paying ourselves like a huge amount out of that. We got to give ourselves something though. Mm-hmm. Gas and mm-hmm. time. So we we need to raise money. So we were coming up, we were on a roll with like throwing events, um curating events to raise money to start programming and we were like why not throw a festival? Um, so that was the first thing. And the second thing is just like wanting people to normalize, um, what co-creation and what stepping into this future could look like together, wanting people to normalize, um, the aspects that we need to be okay as a community, wanting to normalize joy, wanting to normalize pleasure, wanting to normalize these things that we usually don't have access to, including, um, who doesn't have black Black people Mm -hmm. usually don't have access to, Mm -hmm. um, including accessible ticket prices. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about, um, this space being our space and understanding that white folk come in and co-op spaces, white people come in and prices go up, you know, and also... Let's put period right there. A comma or like some explanation (laughs) point or I'm not an English major. Let's stop right there for a second and let's unpack that. Let's unpack. Mm. Open the suitcase. I grew up with my mom going to Studio 54 Mm. in the 70s and that was a very exclusive door my mom was one of the people, you know, she was a model and a dancer. So obviously, and she dressed fabulously and she's adorable. Mm-hmm. I know it's my mom, but still, mm-hmm. just fly. And people used to be like, is that Diana Ross? You know, and she would be stepping in there and twirling and looking amazing. And with all her queer friends just looking fabulous and taking pictures and all the Studio 54 type stuff with celebrities. But... I don't know if y'all know about the Studio 54 door, but they were the ones who created like the door. Meaning when you would step up to 54, the the bouncers or the entry people would look you up and down and they would decide if you could get if you belonged in the club or you didn't belong in the club. And so it was this, it was in one sense if we look back it was a what we would call in 2019 a safe space for queer folk. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could look at it like that. At the same time, though, you got, you know, people like Drew Barrymore who are eight and nine years old and they're doing coke. So all that's happening is 254. Brooke Shields is what, 11, 12, mm-hmm. um, in their modeling and getting movie roles like Blue Lagoon and stuff like that, posing naked in films and Playboy. I think she did Playboy one where she was like 10 or something like that. So all of that is happening like at the same time, right? And so, um, I mean, like I said, people was in there naked on a white horse, you know, uh, doing crazy stuff. They would do coke out in the open, and whatever else they call like fairy dust and stuff like that they used to do, which is like you mix up all the drugs together on a plate and then you do them and then you pass like the plate around. So everyone's high on this thing called fairy dust, which is just basically all the drugs that the um, bouncer confiscated of people when they came to the club mm-hmm. and everyone's in there tripping and listening to disco uh, and just looking at some dude dressed and uh, some bunny ears <laughs> with a little bunny tail, just butt ass naked, hopping around. <laughs> wow. And all that was going on in the studio. Like, imagine your like wildest, wildest, wildest 
that was going on in Studio 54. And so that was also during the sexual revolution. That was also during the queer revolution. That was also during the women's, um, you know, revolution. So like imagine society going from the civil rights era in the 50s to like the black power era in the 60s to like Stonewall, right? In the 70s. And then now you got Studio 54 where we're moving into the 80s because I remember Reagan comes in like 1980. Right. And then that's when people started really getting into capitalism, the right wing. He's Republican. So like that whole thing starts, people start doing suits and they start really doing coke. And then they start doing, you know, uh, you know, they had Iran Contra. So like they get, you know, now they're getting really into the drug game, you know, where they're about to start this war on drugs, where they're about to introduce crack, but crack's not here yet. So just imagine like just stepping into this like capitalist thing where like art is now becoming a commodity that's where art really becomes a commodity because you're stepping into the 80s from 70s 80s i'm giving this a little bit of history mm -hmm. so that people can understand how this club scene how this fashion scene mm -hmm. and how this music scene how all this stuff became the way that it is today what we see today so that's the beginning of the one hit wonder that they got through disco that's when they dismantled the mu what i'm gonna call the music created the music industrial complex to the way that they do things now. And, um, you know, then you fast forward. So now you got black clubs, right? Mimicking the, the 54. So now the black, so you moving forward, I'm gonna move you a lot forward now into the nineties, which is my era when I was in my twenties. And, you know, there were special clubs that, you know, we went to, and most of them were Peter Gation clubs. You could look up Peter Gation. He's one of the, um, you know, club owners that own most of the clubs in New York City. Consequently, you know, um, most of those clubs in New York City, you know, I don't know about Detroit because I was in New York, but most of them were doing sex trafficking. Most of them were kidnapping children. That's where a lot of the children would get kidnapped. Um, they were doing a lot of, you know, drugs, the same thing, you know, a lot of drug activity, blah, blah, blah. But I'm saying that to say this is where your Wall Street is going to party, pick up underage models. Um, they're trying to keep the club exclusive. So they're still doing the like, you got to look a certain way. You got you to gotta either like work for Wall Street. Like if you're a, a, an ugly, you know, nerdy looking white guy, you can come in because you have, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's the only reason you're in the club. Otherwise, nobody wants you in there. Mm -hmm. um, you're boring. You have no culture. You bring nothing. You got dough. So they're coming up in there. Wall Street guys are buying drugs. Then you have your trans folk that are in there and it's a, it's a space where trans folk are, you know, um, doing sex work and things like that. And people are trying to pretend like they don't know they're trans and, um, you know, uh, they're able to, you know, live like in that space in a way where, you know, they're not able to live on the street, if you will. So like in that space, they're fabulous, they're glamorous, everybody loves them, they're performers, they're the center of um, beauty and attention, and they're dressed really well, and they kind of run, you know, the club, and, you know, and that's where you have your houses and, and things like that, so, you know, um, and then you've got, like, your dance people, which is, like, the, the kids from the hood, like, the young black guys from the hood that wore, like, the baggy jeans, they dance really, 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 really well, and they were cute, and so they let them in because they bring like, you know, that funk. And um, obviously 
all the people that they decide are beautiful women. You know, whatever they decide that that beauty is, right? And so usually it, they're tall and they're like 16 years old and they're white. And, um, you know, everybody's in there doing coke. Everybody's in there, you know, um, doing all types of drugs. Everything is going on in there. And for the most part, um, there's a lot of what I would call underground business that leads to like overground business. So imagine all the celebrities are in there. Everybody in the industry is in there and it's the type of type of environment where you, um, you know, you, you have to be on the list. And even if you're on the list, they might not let you in if they don't like how you look. So, you know, that's where that whole thing like, you know, I don't know if you know that song uh, when she comes up to the door. Oh, only lonely people. Little Louie mm. is a house tune. She comes up to the door and um, she's like, um. Um, excuse me. Um, I'm on the list. Uh, excuse me. I'm on the list. <laughs> and he's like, Miss Thing, there is no guest list tonight, tonight, tonight. And she's like, um, oh, um, oh. And that starts to beat, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, oh. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh. And then they go, only lonely people. And made this hot tune. But um, that's the epitome, right, of what that was about. And so I'm I'm saying all of that, I'm giving all of that, because that is the basis for which all nightlife extends. All nightlife tried to mimic that. All nightlife was trying to mimic that Studio 54. All nightlife was trying to mimic who belongs inside here and who doesn't belong inside here. So the so we used to talk trash about the corny clubs, because in New York City, people the cool people that were in the industry did not go out on Friday and Saturday night. We went out on Monday. The hottest parties was Monday, Tuesday night. Industry night was Tuesday night, like Wednesday night. So our, so Thursday was kind of like our Friday and Friday and Saturday was like more like family stuff. Like you went to the movies with your friends, like you saw the new movies or you stayed at home and watched your new movies or you cooked or you, did or you traveled or you went you know doing other stuff on the weekend or you did a lot of test shoots to get your portfolio up or you were working and and you know you know styling and doing all types of stuff so you know um, I'm saying that to say that from there a lot of the people that were attending all those were the people that were in the in the industries so then so now as music is becoming more of a capitalized as fashion is becoming more capitalized and these things are growing these industries are growing so are the opportunities for these brands to capitalize off of nightlife and get into these spaces and do like sponsor these events and things like that. So now you got all these liquor companies, you got all these cigarette companies, you got all these like terrible like energy drink companies, like, you know, just trying to capitalize. And so now you have all these promoters, like just, it's become so much about capital that the only thing they're doing is just going around trying to find the quote unquote prettiest girls and fill up the club with all the prettiest girls. And then if black guys come to the club, they can't get in. They have these rules like it, like if black guys come to the club, they can't, it can't be more than one black guy that could get into the club. Um, If they, if they come and it's like more than one guy, they're not getting in. They got to be with the girl. Every guy got to be with the girl. These are like hard rules. And the guys would come up and it fits four or five guys, they're not getting in, especially black guys. And especially not hood guys. 
And, you know, they didn't want even, you know, what people would consider like respectable black dudes in suits. They definitely don't want them because they were considered corny. But I'm, I'm just giving all this kind of background because these are the kind of rules and things that are still that we still see. But they've become like we're like what, like almost 30 years now, 40 years. And this stuff has become so normalized that like all the events that you go to now are events where you have these kind of unwritten rules or written rules. And you'll see that some, a lot of this stuff is just inaccessible. I mean, and case in point, Coachella. Like, who's Coachella for? Now, my little cousins told me that they saved up their little dough and they went because they want to see Beyonce and I don't blame them. And I told her before she went, I was like, girl, you do not want to go to Coachella. And and sometimes I forget. Not, not that I forget, but I'm just the type of person where, I'm going to be honest with you, I have done a lot of things and been a lot of places. So, like, um, for me, when I see what I would consider to be like stuff that's just like unaligned principles. It's like, I don't care. So I don't care if Coachella is considered like the hottest party in the world. To me, I think it's like, and it's inaccessible, you know, and it's unsafe. You know what I'm saying? And people were complaining that they was getting raped left and right at Coachella sleeping outside. Now that's not highly publicized, but if you go online and you look up like rape at Coachella, it's like, whoa, that's kind of normalized up in here. Um, and there's a lot of other festivals, right, that, you know, are just inaccessible, right, to people. The price point, um, just, you know, everything around it. You know what I'm saying? And I talked like a long time, but I just want to give you all some historical perspective because when people are talking this stuff about um, like, creating this so-called like unfairness like for me like kill that noise like that's there is complete a balance of the racial wealth gap that obviously needs to happen on many levels and people were saying to me oh well if you're talking about that then we need to tear down the whole system and fix the economy I'm like okay let's go this is this is like a start (laughs) do you have enough power and money to tear down like on Thursday because if you don't here's something you could do on August 3rd and and you're one step closer yeah so anyway I talked a long time I better get some other voices in here but (laughs) I just wanted to give people like you know that are younger that you know because things it seems as though like this thing you know it it can have a feeling like this is the way things are and people just keep going and don't really think about how things can be different and I think what's really powerful is your living afro future which is like building the plane while flying Mm -hmm. and so if you want to see yourself in the future how do you see yourself in the future and one thing i said to my friend was this is a self-determined effort and when you own and control your thing then you set your rules and if this is a rule they've set then that shows a level of power just like when you go to that little club that you're trying to go to to with people that don't want you there, trying to prove that you're somebody, that you belong in that party tonight, just so whatever. 100%. You know what I'm saying? And then they tell you, you don't belong in there. And honestly, the clubs where I used to work, they will look them up and down, decide whatever, and they will tell different people different prices. Uh, They'll tell you $100. If they don't like the way you look, they'll tell you it's $100. If you say, okay, and you don't break a sweat, they'll take you $100. You think I'm kidding? That happened to me in New York about two months ago. 
That's what they do. If they look at you and they be like, mm, they be like, okay, honey. They look you up and down, boom, boom, boom. They just make up a price, $100. If they think you can, if they think you, you got it, they're going to take it. And, if, and moreover, if they think you don't got it, that's what it's really about. And, and, and you'd be surprised people standing out there like, oh, how much? I mean, I've seen people like, you know, with the club, one of the clubs I used to work in, and people would come in there and be like, this place is expensive. Mm-hmm. I paid $250 to come in here. I'd be like, wow. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's the same club. Other people paid $10 to get in there. Meanwhile, same club, other people got in there for free. And we're like, I wish they would charge me a dollar. And they get free drinks, right? So I'm just saying that to say that, like, this is a common practice of clubs charging whatever they want to charge. It's not like, oh, maybe they don't have it in the newspaper for you to see that that's what's happening. But pretty much most clubs charge whatever they want to charge to whomever they want to charge. And if they don't want you in there, then there's going to be a heavy door price. Yeah, I think you talking about it from the club industry is perfect because of the historical background you gave and then what it leads into with what these ladies are doing. But it goes across all industries, right? That they make up pricing. In the sales industry, whatever industry you can think of, people sell to you based on what you, you know, who you are, what you are, and what you can, more you can do for them. You know what I mean? So that's what, to me, that's how our, our society sells things. It's based on how they, who, who, who they determine it has value and how they want to go about it. So honestly, if we go to our indigenous roots, part of the indigenous roots is bartering. And in most of the country, most of the country practices bartering. The United States is one of the only countries where socially we are not socialized to barter. We're socially, it's almost socially unacceptable to barter. Mm. So if you, you go to many like African marketplace or shoot, mostly any culture and not, you know, any culture, when you go there, what's the first thing to say? How much is it? Mm-hmm. Then they say, then you say, okay, it's $10. What do they say? I'm not gonna pay ten dollars for that. Like they like it's a right. it's a process that we lost through losing our ancestral culture. If we go to any any other place, you haggle. Yeah. Haggling is a part of the marketplace. Here in America, black folks are so freaking colonized yeah. that we're just like, okay, the price is a dollar. So I'm going to pay a dollar because I don't even understand how to even set a price for anything. That's a good point. You understand? So this is even an experiment in practicing self-determination. Mm. I don't know. That's what I, that's what I see. No, what, do you, what do you guys definitely, think? Definitely as far as the writing and as far as the influence of the festival, um, much of what I was reading was Black Detroit. And thinking about the title of that by Herb Boyd, um, being Black Detroit, a people's story on self-determination or on determination. Um, Great itself. book. Um, and so I know Numi and I share a lot of values and we don't, you know, we don't align with capitalism at all. And so the the accessibility of things is something that we think about in almost everything that we mm-hmm. um, share together and that we build together, especially being in Detroit, especially being on the east side of Detroit. Um, yeah, just accessibility. How can we get access to the people that don't have access to things that they need. Um, and joy and pleasure are a part of that. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Talk about that more. Like unpack that. Because um, I'm sure that there's possibly people who are like, hmm, I make decent money. I got an education. I got access. Like, I don't know what they talking about. Like, you better uh, you better learn how to be happy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, joy and pleasure. Um, just because I can't afford to get to work the next day doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to afford some weed that I want to smoke. Like, all of these things are um, on the same playing field. Mm. Um, we should not uh, prioritize, you know, the capitalistic system cycle that we're on um, over our own experiences with joy and pleasure and what that looks like, um, especially when our communities are at a disproportionate advantage to access joy and pleasure. Um, I think we need to recenter um, those feelings and everything that we do, um, especially, again, being from marginalized communities, communities that don't have access to those things. And a lot of people just don't get afforded the time Mm -hmm. to normalize and center these things because we live in this capitalistic society. Everything we do is based off of the value that it holds to the dollar that it's going to bring. Okay, unpack that a little bit for folks because, you know, um, I'm sure there's some people here like, I work so hard. And look, know. I'm sure y'all do work hard. Nobody's saying y'all don't. But at the same time, everything that we do in the society should not be based off what we're producing. Mm-hmm. Um, Break that it's down. not just about what you're producing and producing in order to survive, which brings me to the next point of the things that we need to survive are human rights. And they're not looked at as human rights. <coughs> we're working to pay for water bills, which here in Detroit, getting illegally charged, still a water issue here a water crisis here in the city we're working to pay off water that we shouldn't have to pay for that we shouldn't be illegally charged for but shouldn't have to pay for in the first place is water detroit has access to 70 percent of the entire globe's fresh water source like please don't try to play us um furthermore food like why are we why are we forced to pay for things that we need to live and so people are just in constant production mode because we need these things to survive mm-hmm. but it shouldn't have to be that these these things are human rights these things come from the earth how are you going to tax something that come from the land but well, i mean y'all stole the land so i'm not surprised y'all tax the land so i mean makes sense goes hand in hand but honestly um we just have to get People, um, our people specifically, um, used to normalizing these things. But again, if they're not afforded the time, then we have to come up with different ways that we could do that for them. And also introducing the concepts to people. It's about having discussions in your community and meeting people where they are. You ain't smarter than nobody, you know, because you out here using language that's not accessible. Um, people in the hood also, <laughs> like, I think we know these things. It's just like we might phrase it differently yeah. and might call it different things things right but um yeah people it's just so many things that go along with this conversation and why this festival is so important we want people to have a good time and to be able to exist in every aspect of their black being all aspects of blackness we talking about we need black trans women in this space having a good time safely we need all aspects of black queerness in this space having a good time safely black young people our elders this is an intergenerational movement don't get it twisted because we respect our elders this way all right so that's that's what it is but we need to come in together to normalize that intergenerational movement and to normalize joy and to discuss how we look at these different things and to create these things together because this is going to be an experience but since we're all coming together to add to the experience that means we're co-creating the experience you know and also we you touched on earlier 
Co-creation is a part of the framework for Afrofuturism. And just how Piper said earlier, we've been doing this stuff. Detroit has been creating the future. Mm-hmm. We have been building the things that we need through grassroots movements and through looking out for each other in the hood. Detroit is the city that gets it out the mud. We we don't play because ain't nobody else here giving it to us. Just like in most black cities, people don't just give you access to a lot of resources. But here especially, here especially, we're not afforded a lot of things. So we work together and that Detroit Hustles Harder slogan is not just a slogan to us. Like when other people hear it, I don't really think they understand the death behind that. Danny is in her living room making books by hand, staining <laughs> them with tea and beet juice. Do you understand me? Like, we also, like, I really wouldn't want her doing nothing else. Mm. We are stuck in these systems that are mentally and emotionally abusing us. I could not see myself working for nobody else, even if it was aligned with what I like to do. Because it's just hard for me. I'm a person who deals with depression. I've been grieving my sister this year. My sister, rest in power. Mm. I shed to the ancestor. My sister, Courtney, passed away in January. I have not been the same. I needed at least a month off work. I was not about to get a month off work. And that was from a progressive. I worked, my job was pretty progressive in the grander scheme of things, really. But they weren't going to give me that time, whether they just didn't have it to give me. And that's real. Y'all got to run a business. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm not here, who's going to be stepping in for these kids? Because everybody else is trying to, make stuff work at this organization. But I needed that time because I wasn't showing up as my best self. And I needed to be on my own time. You know, I have things going on. And even if I didn't have my mental health looking the way it did, I just like being on my own time. This whole rush, 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 do, do, do. Uh-uh, I like to flow. I like to do. I know it's important to get stuff done. It really is. But... At the same time. Obviously, you're running a whole festival. <laughs> we, right. Man. But no. And that brings me to yes. that brings me to because I like what you're what you're being vulnerable. And yeah. the positive side of it is is can you give a little insight on like how that I that light popped in your head to just say I'm gonna do a festival? Like what the, what that process was? Cause why can't I do a damn festival? Mm-hmm. Cause cause just why not? I like and that's the part about Afrofuturism and what we've been doing with Afrofuturism. We build whatever we know we need. Mm. It first comes from a piece of imagination. Mm. I was like, all right, I like festivals. <laughs> and I don't, and I, li- I like festivals. I like black spaces. I like black people. Mm. I like a good ass time. I'm a concert, um, mm. I'm an avid concert goer. You look up, especially in 2018, I went to every show I wanted to go to. Didn't matter. I was in New York, I was in Chicago, and I did not wait on my friends. I was like, I'm buying these tickets, I'm gone. Thundercat, Princess Nokia, Solange, Tyler the Creator, Earl, mm-hmm. the internet. I saw everybody I want to see that year. How did little you pay dragon. for all that? <laughs> How, where was I all? Were you sneaking in oh, free or nah, you bought those tickets? I was getting paid $18 an hour working for the state of Michigan. I was low-key feds, but I wasn't really because I wasn't really doing my job there because I hated it. So you, had a, so you had a regular job. <laughs> I was working for the state, like, as a foster care specialist. That was my first job where I really put my social work degree, like, to use in a traditional mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And people look at me now, and they're like, oh, your degree. I'm like, this is social work. Are you crazy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I don't operate. I'm not, y'all. Like, let's get that cut out right now. No, but you're super, but, y'all, you guys both, uh, you talked about your energy being, being kind of like reflective. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like you guys are both very consistent in the things that you say. You mentioned, you know, not 
saying, okay, you need to be doing this instead of buying this. You know, it sounds like you agree with that that principle. I agree. And, Man, I, I agree with everything that come out of her mouth. If I'm thinking it, she's saying it. And I've <laughs> never had a relationship with somebody I've worked with flow like this. That's cool. I don't have to look at things that she sends to other people. We just remind each other what needs to be done. And just be like, oh, did you do this yet? I don't overlook nothing. Like that trust runs that deep. Yeah. That deep. How, I already know. How mm-hmm. was it putting a team together for this project? And The team is us. <laughs> the team is us? <laughs> Literally. Us With the support of dope friends. Yeah. Right, that our right. friends are supporting us because when all this stuff popped off in the media... I was we didn't even talk about what the this is. Oh yet. boy, dog. The are, we, first are we going person, there? Is that where you're turning the curve? I wasn't. Like, we were in the I car. I wasn't trying to. It's no, up we to were y'all. in the. We, it's Afrofuture, <laughs> so we were in the rocket. Yeah, <laughs> we were in the spaceship, and we were headed. I don't know. We were still in our orbit. But now you about to go, you about to leave this this orbit and you're going someplace else. So is that what's happening? I wasn't. If it it is, wasn't my intention, however, I'm like, I'm here whatever y'all want to okay, do. Okay, well, if it is, whatever. then let's, yeah. let's like, do this in Afrofuture style. Because yeah. okay. you know you got the hydraulics on the spaceship. <laughs> right. right? Vroom, vroom. Yeah. yeah. Right? And you got to play a little Nipsey. Right? Okay. Okay? Because it give, does give us the fuel. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dedication. Right? Look. What, is that so cool? Like, no, it's fine. All right, here we go. So now you guys start. <laughs> but you know what happened when we went into the Afro future from the spaceship? It actually took us to like a beautiful garden. Mm. So now we in the mm. garden, and we had to start with the origin. But we, but remember, okay. we on a whole another planet though. So we in the garden on another planet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So start from the beginning. Okay. The origin of that. Look. Remember, we on the other planet, though, so everything kind of warped. Should I, Should I start from the very beginning? Yeah. The, the very beginning involved like, you first. And right. so I think you Should can. I? You can. I'll, I can speak uh, to it, but go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Wow. T- um. <laughs> yeah. So. Speak your piece. <laughs> this was July 1st. <laughs> Wait a minute. Today is the ninth. Wait a minute. Can okay. I just, y'all, I'm sorry, but I got to say that I don't even know that I didn't know when this started because that's how much of a blur it's been mm. with how much has hit us with media. She got the date memorized. I was joking with her and telling her we need to make a timeline, put it on the wall. You should. July 1st, shit pops off and, and this happened. Just go ahead. Go that's ahead. great. <laughs> so one. So that's already the number one. Hey, get it, get it. <laughs> no, but, yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, no, so, so yeah, this was July 1st. Um, it was the day that we wanted to drop all information about Afro Future Fest. We shout out all of the little teaser flyers to all the people in the community to post on social medias. Everyone did that. The response was really well. This was about, without anyone knowing what Afro Future Fest was. Mm. So it was literally just Afro Future Fest 2019. Um, and c- community got behind us. Um, and so... What happened shortly after that is us dropping what it was. Um, and so we posted Problematic Black Hottie, um, one of the DJs, also a sister in alignment, a sister in spirit. Um, she's amazing, um, really stands behind the same values and principles that we do um, and puts that in her music. Um, and so dropped that flyer and we dropped the, the second flyer, the second With flyer. With Jillian. It's good to name right. Little Jillian. Lil Jillian, um, y'all, for uh, context, my best friend on the art scene amongst people our age, her name is, is Jag. So she was the first one. So, yeah, we dropped the second <laughs> flyer. Um, and then we got, well, I got a message that I'm um, asking, asking me 
what does POC mean? Um, and so I explained that, you know, real quick, people of color. Um, and then that, that, that. Awesome. Did that give you like a clue? Oh, you know. I had, at that moment, were you like, oh, okay. Unfortunately, I had clues prior to this. Okay. But that one was there. definitely. That was. That if was, someone asked that you what was, is POC. That was alert, alert, alert. Yeah. All right. We got to, we got to figure this out. We got to, yeah. we have to, you know. We have to transform and, you know, move into the future together. Mm-hmm. And so that conversation led to um, her not being okay with the ticket prices. And so I explained to her what equity was. I explained to her what equality was. Um, and we came to the agreement where she would not do the show. And we agreed that, that was okay. And we moved along. And so the next... What, what is move along? Is well, that like one day or... Uh, same day. Same day. Okay. So we said if we respect like your three decision. Three hours later. I'm um, sorry you can't support this. Um, we understand. That's mm-hmm. all. That's where it ended. Um, and then, you know, what move moving forward, just educating community. We we saw that someone had an issue with it. And so we wanted to make sure that everything was covered, that people understood why we were doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, no other performer dropped out. No other person had a problem with it. We, we sent everyone else the same messages. Um, no one had an issue. What was the message you sent? Um, what's on the, the event, right? The um, explanation. The explanation. Oh, wait. You got to read yeah. it because we're on a podcast. Right. You know, people going to be like. We do have to read it. What did they say? Because, like, people were hitting me up and they were like, I don't understand. And um, I was like, it's it's, it's explained. explained on the right. Eventbrite. And they're like, I read it, but I don't get it. And I'm like, because you don't get it. Right. But it's nothing else to explain. Like I don't know how else to, and maybe I it's have It's uncomfortable to... for people. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's, if you have a colonized mind, mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. So I'm like, I don't and know we, personally how to okay, break it down. But, but, um, right. And it is okay. No, it's, 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 it's exposure. Yeah. It's exposure as well. Because yeah. people my age and older are contacting me and just like, they read it. And they're like, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It doesn't feel right. And it's like, yeah, because check yourself mm-hmm. about what doesn't feel right in your body mm-hmm. about what's going on here. Because it's explained exactly. I was sending people, um, you know, education on um, racial capitalism. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is racial capitalism. Mm-hmm. So read this. They call me back. Right. That's what I was doing. I was, you know, just giving people tools like check this out, check that out. So, right, right, right. So yeah, I wrote this, put it on the website. Um, quality means treating everyone the same. Equity is ensuring everyone has what they need to be successful. Um, our ticket structure was built to ensure that the most marginalized communities, people of color, are provided with an equitable chance at enjoying events in their own community, Black Detroit. Um, affording joy and pleasure is unfortunately still a privilege in our society for people of color, and we believe everyone should have access to receiving such. We've seen so many times orgasmic events happening in Detroit and other POC populated cities. And what consistently happens is people outside of the community, white people co-opt in our spaces, I'm adding words, but it, um, people outside of the community benefiting most from affordable ticket prices because of the proximity to wealth, um, wealth gap. This cycle disproportionately displaces black and brown people from enjoying entertainment in their own communities. As an Afrofuturist youth-led initiative, the voice of our youth inform our resistance and here's what they have to say. If you don't see my blackness, you don't see me. A Period. literal quote by literal two quote of the youth who were in, um, or two of the siblings who were in my car one day. We were driving down Livernoise, and I just hear from the back seat randomly, if you don't see my blackness, you don't see me. Period. And I was like, what y'all say? Yes. Like, say that again. Then the other two join in, and I got it on video, and they just, they kept chanting it in my car. 
I know where it came from, but they said it, and it's a thing now. I think too, though. I'm gonna be honest with you, um, because we do we we live in social justice, and we do a lot of social justice. So I do though think it is very social justice languagey. So possibly, so if you're, and I'm gonna just throw this out there, if you're not used to social justice language uh-huh. it could be ambiguous um that's all i'm gonna say and that's how i'm gonna give i'm gonna give people that much it's that's important fair. to make sure language is accessible so i'm still working on how else do you word this for people to get it you know, but I, and I'm also like, because to me, these things are clear, but I've, I've also been in social justice spaces for five plus years And you're now. getting your master's degree. In community development, right? Yeah. So I've been in these spaces. I've been like trained under Piper. Maybe I've have the youth rewrite under, it. Mm, honestly. Maybe have the youth rewrite it. Um, or another thing you could do, which is really kind of funny, but maybe it's a lot of writing. But I was going to say, because um, like... I do appreciate the language, though. It's written very well. And I, I love it. It sounds beautiful. It sounds like poetry. Um, and it, it's, it just shows the brilliance and intellect mm-hmm. of your, you know, your mind, your beautiful black it's mind. It's Afrofuturistic. It's Afrofuturistic. <laughs> so it's very Afrofuturistic. So, you know, it's literally like, do you... So the question is, do you want it to stay the same? Which means that it has this art gallery, museum, academia, space sort of feel, which is like a thing. Mm-hmm. It's right? the new wave. I mean, it's the new wave. When, you, when you're on a new wave, you have to sacrifice. Or to your point, I like the way you put it, more accessible. And that that's not you giving, that's the, the sacrifice, right? That's you, that is sacrifice. That's you saying, okay, I want it to be more accessible. I'll tone it down. But... When you are Afrofuturistic, you sacrifice something, right? Because you make people believe you are the wave. It is the wave. I'm letting you know that now. And probably how we're moving in a year, everyone is going to be doing this. Yeah. That's the crazy part about this shit. Hopefully, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, that's what we need to be doing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Because, like I said, for years, we, we just called it sliding scale. Yep, there you go. No one's turned away. That's what we always say. Sliding scale, no one's turned away. What I think, what I've been explaining to people is, look, we've always done sliding scale, no one's turned away. My cousin was like, yeah, but it just doesn't feel right. And I was like, you know, and he was like, maybe it's because they, you know, the way they named it, it just feels like tit for tat. It just feels very childish. And for me, I was like, no, I think it's a learning moment. I think it's a great moment for political education for us to have conversations. We're going to have 2020 election next year. Nobody is talking about reparations except the white lady. And she's talking about his bare minimum. The black lady that was the cop that created a policy to lock up black mothers who couldn't afford to, you know, because their kids were because their kids were truant, like, that's who black women are put, not not all black women, but let's say, like, Democrat black women. That's who they're pushing. Like, mainstream, like, people, like, at BET, like, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this is, this is what they're pushing, like, 
black women. So they're pushing like black body, you know, like, oh, this black woman. Because they're trying to capitalize. All right. This is the way capitalism look. They want to capitalize off this black moment, this black magic, this black woman. So they think they're being smart. But what I like about this concept of self-determination, it is actually has us re-examine, right? Like value and equity and capital. Mm-hmm. And just like with like how we have this this black woman, right? That's gonna that's supposed to like be a person that they're throwing on us, right? Um where where are we, right, in, in making any choices as like to for ourselves, right? This person is potentially, right, go, um, what I'm saying is on the way to, right, like November 2020. All these candidates have the ability to push these policies forward, right? Policies that, that are on their platforms. So this is stuff that people are campaigning about. This is stuff that people are talking about. This is our moment to like, they're talking about Green New Deal. We're talking about environmental justice. We're talking about resisting against police terrorism. Like we really need to be pushing people on this reparations. And I feel that this is something in real time that is, that can, that is tangible, that can actually be done to show people about equity. Yeah. Start the conversation about equity and let me show you. That's what Michael Jackson said, right? Let me show you. Right? Let me show you the way to go. <laughs> but I'm just saying, right? Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's in in essence, it's it's a self-determined act yeah. towards reparations. For me, it could be a possibility of as a political moment, and I'm speaking electoral politics because it's already a political moment. It's already political. But it could be in terms of of electoral politics for young people to be like, we want reparations now. What you got on that? You know, Mm. because that same candidate and I'm only putting on her because we only got one. Well, we got Cory Booker, but (sighs) anyway, but I'm just saying we got one black woman candidate. Right. So if we're not throwing black women away. I'm, I'm, this is big ifs. If we're not throwing black women away, right? And we're just talking about what can this do for other people, right? How can this, how does this land on like other people that can get involved in like just thinking differently? Just thinking differently, right? This can, this can push you to think differently. That's, I mean, we really need change. Yeah. We need change now, you know? And, and we need good change. We need we need good change in a way because like Obama said he brought change, mm-hmm. but we need change in a way where people can see themselves. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Hundred percent. Yep. You know, and I just I just feel we got we got look whether y'all are voting or not. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying between now it's a huge election cycle, and whether you're voting or not within this election cycle is a time to uplift political ideas and policy. Agreed. And ideas about policy. And I think that this particular event, this Afro Future Fest, is a moment to get people really serious about this conversation about reparations. Because people keep talking about it as reparations. It's not reparations. It's a step towards there, though. And it's a step to see what you could do. Reimagine mm-hmm. 
right? Yourself in the future, which is now. Yeah. And you're actualizing self. Yep. So I don't know. I just, I'm, I really applaud you guys. Me too. You That's know, really inspiring me. Um, I don't want to be gossipy, but I do think it's important for people to understand how it went like a lightning bolt through social media. Let's finish this story. So, <laughs> honestly. And media. So, yeah. Francesca, like, Basically, just like she said, she started explaining to everybody else on social media why the structure was the way it was with the tickets. So everybody would be on the same page and we don't have to have this issue again, mm-hmm. which honestly wasn't an issue because we had talked we about it. Disagree. And we agreed to disagree and it was peaceful and it was fine. Um, however, as soon as Fran gets online to post this explanation, literally her very fr- first tweet Jillian quote tweets it with, and I quote, slight paraphrasing here, (laughs) but might be off only by a couple words. But it says, um, if my white grandmother has to pay a dime more than anybody else, I'm beating somebody's A and it won't be hers. Well, if it ain't hers, I'm going to guess it's the event planners because we the ones charging and we knew what that meant. And so... Fran sent that to me and we just was agreed. Like, obviously, we're not about to respond to this for so many reasons. We are not about to respond to this. It's so triggering. We mm-hmm. just kept, we ignored it. Well, she retweeted, I retweeded it because so see what, what we were dealing with. Like, hello, somebody, somebody come grab your friend because we got uh, us and her have mutuals on Twitter. And this mm. is where it all started. So we was like, I know somebody see their friend acting out. Somebody come grab their friend. Red flag. So we keep talking just like we were. We ignored it. And we just went about our business continuing to explain the ticket structure. And then next thing you know, I'm the target. And she quotes tweet me like, this ain't it. And I just start off with, I understand that you don't agree. And I respect that you don't agree. And that's okay. I even sent her a sunflower emoji. I thought that was pretty peaceful, mm-hmm. but apparently not. It wasn't enough. And I was like, you know, even though you don't she agree. She just stomped on your little sunflower. She did. I stomped on my sunflowers. I like, stomped how dare it. you? So um, I'm chilling and I'm just like, you know, although you don't agree and we respect that, you know, this is just what our values are and what this is. And it's okay. And it's all okay. And I left it at that. And then she kept going. I gave one more very similar response. And then I just saw, like, it wasn't going nowhere. So I just stopped replying. But by that point, she had done so much more yapping and yelling and screaming, continuing to respond. You talking about on Twitter? On Twitter. Even though we stopped responding, she's still going off. Now you done grabbed everybody's attention. Now they looking like, what's going on over here? How long was this going on? Uh, About... The initial interaction, I want to say, was like 10, 15 minutes maybe of just back and forth. But not it wasn't back and forth. It was just her and silence. And we just like, okay, because we stopped responding. What kind of things was she saying? Hold on. I got screenshots in here. I'm going to keep talking. And, and then I, when I find them, I'll, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Basically, at this point, you know, we just ignoring. And now everybody's watching. I found the screenshots because it just happened the other day. Um, I was like, I understand you feel that. when uh, This is me responding to her saying, this ain't it. And I'm like, I understand you feel that. I do. But this is what the festival and program are about. And it's okay if you don't align with it. Equity is a deeply ingrained value. 
And then she quote tweets that. And just if I hope y'all all understand, a quote tweet is when you retweet something for everybody else to see, but you add a snippet of how you feel to the top of it so they can see your response and then directly under it, their response. Um, or their response and directly under it, your response. She says, the understanding part is literally the only portion that you don't do. I say, okay, equity is what's needed. And again, and I say again, it's okay if you don't align with that. It's just what it is. I keep waiting. How many, how many times had you said that at that point? This is twice now. Okay. And then she says, you booked a biracial woman to play a show charging part of her family double than the other part because of your goal to single-handedly remedy the state of black equity with your discriminatory ass, with your discriminatory ass festival without her awareness. It's not just what the fuck it is. Disclosing subjective ass decisions like this one is imperative when you request and utilize the support of artists, especially if you apparently know dick about them. I said, there is no way black folk having more access or paying less for tickets is harmful to a group of people who Mm. already have collective wealth and access to it. And nor does this exclude biracial people. I also I want to just pause there because the smear campaign that she ran was based off of the like her not having um, access to what we were doing. Um, Equitable Worlds is in our mission statement, which she performed at our show last year. And so. Just taking accountability for, like, knowing things that you're a part of as well, like, on both halves, yes. Mm-hmm. We didn't inform her about the ticket price before we post a flyer, but also you performed with us last year in Equitable Worlds is in our mission statement. And it's in our mission statement. Mm-hmm. And so for you to say, um, we don't know. But it's the same We don't festival. know anything about you. It's the right. same festival. We don't know anything about you. Um, I guess you don't know anything about us either. And so there, mm-hmm. there was this exchange of just like no um, accountability. Like we 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 put out there to the public our mistakes um, and that, that hasn't been done. And then that, you know, entail like got us in an unsafe place where we had to change our, right. you know, our ticket Basically, structure. Right. Um, and then we just ended it with, um, I was like at the end of the day, white people benefit more than we do at this point. You know, I was just trying to like let her know like, Maybe there's something she's missing here. Maybe there's a way. Here's this transformation and action in my mind that we could, like, come to some type of understanding. But I'm like, at the end of the day, you know, white people benefit more than we do, including from our oppression, including from not having access to things that they do. You could feel how you feel, but this is in support of blackness. And if black people want to thrive, that does mean redistributing power. And this is the end of it. She says, you're not speaking to shit. I'm saying you so woke, you exhausted. And I say, all I'm saying is I respect your decision. And that's just it. That was the last thing I said. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is I respect your decision. And that's just it. I didn't say anything else. And then after that, and at that, by and that the world, point, you know, went on, on three fire. day dragging of her. And so, yeah, she had to, you know, defend herself. Yeah. She did so much yapping and crying that people caught attention and they saw this exchange and they saw her views and they were like, okay, like you over here caping for your white granny and you over here talking about something you don't agree with, you know, centering blackness in a world that never has. Mm-hmm. And it comes off anti-black. Mm-hmm. And people were not okay with that. And it lasted for 72 hours mm. of people dragging her. But before the 72 hours, Metro Times peaked in too. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they like, what's good? And they hit us up, like, can we get a statement? And we like, you know, we'll respond and let you know how we, if we want to give you a statement. 
I didn't know at the time they had also reached out to her, but you know, that's something you should already know mm. how this game works. Of course, they're going to reach they out reached to out her. They reached out to her, I got you. But um, also, it's important to state that they've already publicly supported her in the past. Metro Times is like, um, she's been on a the cover. They've publicly expressed support of her. Mm-hmm. That's her connect. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So then, so it got, it, it was in Metro Times. Yeah. Right? And then you guys got Newsweek. New York Times, Washington Post. Well, but Breakfast we all heard about Times, um, but we went with a different writer who's a black right. Writer. Okay, we went with. It's very important for us um, mm. to have people who are sharing our story who look like us, or we know they share the same values. Like, let's say you don't, you know, where are your, where do your values lie? But it's important to say before Washington Post and New York Times that all of these news outlets were just taking the Metro Times article with mm-hmm. that very clickbait title yes, and yeah. sharing it and did and a very it. poor job. at. It wasn't journalism. No. It was just, I mean, Karen Civil, um, God, it's article. a list of publications that just took this Metro Times article, mm-hmm. ran with it, didn't add nothing else to it, it, didn't add what we had on our Eventbrite page, didn't add nothing. Oh, no, they took what we had on our event page. They Karen took the Civil one didn't. line about equality. Mm. Explaining the difference between equity and equality. It took the one definition. Which of also has people thinking that we stand for equality. And I'm just like, I don't know how many times I have to Because tell. people don't know the difference. Mm. But it's people, like the fact because that. Because you've been a, hearing equality since the 50s. <laughs> true. But I guess I'm just like, if y'all would have like looked one line under, it's like, that ain't us. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm but if you like, don't understand. But also if you don't understand it, but it's from what it was what I was getting from some people was that they didn't care to read past that. And no. then for the people who did, they didn't understand. Yeah. So it was like a mixture it of was both. First line, second yeah. line, so they couldn't read past first line. Yeah. You know, it was just have time. people stop. People stop where they want to yeah. for whatever for whatever makes them comfortable mm-hmm. enough to, you know, do what they want to do. But on the flip, I mean, yeah. oh my God. You said you but got Karen no. Civil. Oh well, she, she was in. Sub- I think she paid for that. But I still see what Piper <laughs> is saying. Like she didn't. That girl didn't stump on your sunflower. She sprouted it. And that, yeah, that's oh, the crazy absolutely. part. Ticket sales were through the roof. Through the roof, <laughs> right? Donating to the Afro- right Afrofuturist youth donation. Can we do right. the ticket sale update right now? Yeah. Can we do that? I mean, if you can, we can. All right, wait. Name off some more outlets. What I let people oh, know yeah, how yeah, yeah. Shade Room, right? Shade Room. Um, we. Of course, there's no explanation. All all they say is this much for black people, this much for white people, with it's no explanation, right. right? And I'm just like, dang, you're like, come on. But it, but they put Afro Future Fest Washington in there. They just did. make sure they did. They did. Just make sure they say Afro Future Fest. They did. They did. That's it. Just make sure they say Afro Future because the Club, because the people Club. who are gonna look at it because of the title. You don't yeah. Know, just off the title, people are like, wait, what? What's that for a future fest? Then they're gonna see it's on Detroit land. Yeah. Then they're gonna read the mission statement. Mm-hmm. They're gonna say that's black brazen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People so, are feeling it. You know, BET Man. picked it up. Yeah, I saw BET. Yeah, that was lit. They were last, but they picked it up. And so I like how... More to come, really. I was... Some- Man, yeah. No, no, don't yeah. tell. We can't tell y'all. But what the ones, the yet. ones that are out already are like phenomenal. Oh yeah, and it's, it's just so, about it's, to get yeah. better. The universe is so interesting, so, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Look, ancestors and Arisha's be looking out. <laughs> Shout out to my mama, Yemeya. <laughs> I'm just like we here, but um. Mm. 
Seriously though, yeah, Fran already shouted them out. Um, Washington Post, New York Times, um, Breakfast Club, the, uh, CNN, Newsweek, Detroit Free Press, even Fox too. Fox too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, man, mm-hmm. that was that was so. Oh, I mean, up. what do you expect? Y'all just got. I mean, it, I know mm-hmm. y'all that know. That interview all was only supposed to be for Channel Four, 4. exclusively, and mm-hmm. we didn't talk to nobody else but Channel Four. So that and shows you what it, what, what who for owns for. Somebody tipped all right, yeah, somebody off because Mama Myrtle called me like Channel Seven outside like an hour before I get over there. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no. She was like, got it. <laughs> I was. God, that woman is a force. Mm, yeah. That I just I've seen elements of Mama Myrtle that I haven't seen in like the four or five years that I've known her. Mm. The whole East Side be about to come out because she don't play no games. Mm-hmm. Also, we're from the East Side, and so we're going we to ask from that. the East Side. Ask y'all, can y'all give y'all zip code one time? Four eight two zero three. Four eight. Gardens. Hey, that's where Dylan's from. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We here. I'm for uh, so no cares about. So I'm, really. I'm not trying to put. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sell the narrative of the West versus East. We're just gonna be real. It's energy, right? Oh, yeah. The West and the East. It's supposed to feel different, right? It yeah. does. I love the orbit of the East, man. Oh yeah, it is. I miss the, the East, East side. I miss living over there, and it couldn't be a better place for Afro future. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, great energy, especially Feedem Freedom Farm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. gonna be great. How y'all? How y'all, How did that come about? That part of it. Because the past two years, I've held a birthday celebration on this land. Mm. I, so it started when I turned 25. I was like, you've never really thrown a party for yourself. I'm like, you about to be, this is 25. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, the last significant birthday of my mom was 21. And it was absolutely horrible. Worst birthday of my life. And we're not even going to get go there right now. But I'm like. 25 and I told myself I was like I just want one party I want it to be Afrofuturism theme because this is 2017 Ingrid just started on her mayoral campaign right I'm just now hearing about what Afrofuturism is and I love it and I'm like oh dang this me and I'm like yeah I want this to be like the theme and the energy around me stepping into 25 I said come twerk into the future with me come like honor your ancestors into this future with me and then I, I swear it was a huge turn out, at least for a birthday party I mean it was great and then I told myself I was like alright this was a lot of work I had fun I'm not doing this no more I said not until maybe 30 or something like that but then the next year was when I started Afro Future Youth and I realized in 2018 we needed some money and I was like you had a good turnout last year guess we doing this again I swore I wasn't um but the next year was when it turned into a fundraiser for Afro Future Youth. Nice. Um, slightly smaller turnout than the year before, but um, t- um, Jillian did perform that year. And we still had fun, you know? We're still black as hell. We're still on this land. Um, Mama Myrtle was, gosh, she does so much. I come out there, everything already set up. I mean, mm. we got, and both years in a row, on one side of the land, on the side where her property is, we have a huge tent set up with white tent with white string lights all around it. So beautiful mm-hmm. with blankets and pillows under it. That's the healing station. We got tarot and Reiki happening over there. Table set up for tarot, Reiki happening under the tents. People were doing Reiki from eight. 
p.m. until 2 a.m. Wow. People was getting healed. And then you go across the street. So we had healing on one side with the bonfire. You go across the street. It's all the booty shaking and it's working over there. So I wanted to merge and bring these things together. I'm like, my blackness doesn't. My blackness is so multifaceted. I'm so multifaceted. Like, I'm a healer. I love to dance. I love to have <laughs> fun. I do a lot of things. I just want to merge all these aspects together because it's not just one way for us to exist. Mm-mm. So you go across the street. You're dancing. You're partying. You're drinking over there. And you're smoking over there. Over here, we quiet. Like, as quiet as we can be because, you know, it was you can still hear all the music. It's only across the street. But that's how that's how this started. And I just now it, it changes a little bit every year. Went from birthday party to, all right, first fundraiser to, okay, this ain't just a fundraiser. This is a festival. And I felt more confident to do something like mm. that because I got a friend here with me. So it's not I have help now. You know, so I'm like, if we, it, it low key, we had performers last year. I had a whole lineup. Danny um, did some stuff and sold some books, and it was cute, but it's about to be 10, 50 times that now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm greedy. Is, so, are you guys doing food and stuff too? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Tell we them got, talk about the food. Oh, we got Yum Village coming hey. through. Tell folks about Yum Village. Oh, Go Yum ahead. Village is awesome. Mm. Um, I can't. The, the chef's name right now but um they have a brick and mortar on Woodward um it is Afro-Caribbean style food so it's a fusion um he is from Nigeria and so it's um Nigerian based African cuisine mixed with some Caribbean food and it's real good it is um they also have a very like collective co-creative um system and how they operate their business and the people that work there um you put in um what you put in, you get out. Um, and so it's it's a really dope um, business model, really great food, really big place to be. I was there earlier. Mm-hmm. I had the lemon pepper uh, jerk chicken <laughs> on top of the smoked pepper fries with some... Man. With the, uh, the, what is it? The honey uh, garlic chickpeas? God. Shout out Young Village. So good. Yep. That, that mafe. Look, oh my God. When I first heard about it, I was like, what am I supposed to eat from there? First thing I think when I hear about this food is some jerk chicken or something. (laughs) I'm vegetarian. I'm like, ain't nothing for me over here. And then then it was something for me over there. I was like, oh. We lit. Yeah, really <laughs> I don't even like plantains like that. I eat their plantains. I eat their plantains. Yeah, just being a Caribbean, um, I'm Haitian. And so uh, the food... Since I've like existed in Detroit, has always been um, disappointing to me as far as Caribbean me. food. <laughs> so I've so so this moment that's happening too, like Afrofuturist moment that's happening, where we're getting these mm-hmm. access to Caribbean food, access mm-hmm. to food from places outside of here, um, is really inspiring and just like it, it enhances the experience of me to be able to create these experiences too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're all co-creating this future together. Mm-hmm. And so many facets. It's like, it's really beautiful it's, to see. It's so funny that you say you Haitian. Someone recently told me that everybody in NY, parts of NY, claiming that they Haitian. Now, now it's cool <laughs> to claim you Haitian, huh? So, shout out to the Haitians. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Also, oh, as far as yeah. the food, the youth, um, our little siblings, some of them will be baking some food. Shout out to my little sibling, Jordan. Jordan, um, I got to check in with her. She The last time I checked was working at Good Cakes and Bakes, throwing down in there. She got her first job at 16. I'm so proud. Like, we <laughs> so, put that yeah. resume together, and we was we was out here. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> she snagged her job. She was good. Um, but she is going baking and um, cooking. That's her passion right now. And so I'm really excited for her to sell some food. So make sure... 
y'all come support them. For sure. Yeah, we also have some like local people cooking. We have Chef Fresh who's been doing been cooking on the scene, the Detroit art scene, for such a long time. And he just got a position to cook for a restaurant that's opening up, and he gets to create the entire menu. Wow. And so it's really dope that he's going to be a part of the festival doing what mm. he's been doing for so long. And showing up in spaces um, like the Baltimore. He was at the closing of the Baltimore Gallery cooking. Um, and so it's really, really great to just see artist community in alignment with the rest of Detroit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he has. He always has great food. Great Seriously. food. Seriously. Yeah. Wow, this is awesome. Black Renaissance coming through here. Okay, we ready. Yeah. Hey Harlem. Hey, <laughs> hey Atlanta. So give us the um the details of, you know, how people can uh get their tickets and where to go, the website and social media. Man, these tickets, dog. <laughs> All right, look, the four hundred dollar so, and your fundraiser, the four hundred dollar tickets. Everybody tripping on <laughs> the four hundred dollar tickets. That's all the Coachella price tickets. Right, you know. Um, the thing. So the thing about these tickets is, as of today, Eventbrite removed without telling us our option for a uh, suggested donation for right non people of color. So if as I'm concerned, as long as as far as I'm concerned, I ain't dealing with them. We about to. I think we need to figure out another site to sell these tickets on by tonight and very early in the morning. We're going to drop a new link. Okay. So y'all can expect a Make change Make sure you get that. all your money from Eventbrite first. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to, yeah, we're, we're uh, honoring, we're still going to yeah. honor those tickets. Yeah, we're Go good. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our Eventbrite runs through Allied Media, our sponsor, uh, mm-hmm. our fiscal sponsor. And so... We're good on that part. Um, they already like initiated payouts for tickets. So that's all that like. Yeah. So we're mm-hmm. gonna at some point very soon, um, in less than twenty four hours, shut down the uh, tickets on Eventbrite. Those are gonna be done. Mm-hmm. We will send y'all a new link. We got a couple options. I even some people passed some links on to me for black owned ticket mm-hmm. sites. Oh, great. So yeah. we'll see what's up with that. That's dope. Um mm-hmm. yeah, so Dang, now, that's huge. With Whichever yeah. site we do decide to use, please keep in mind, it's still going to be $20 general admission and still suggested donation for um, non-people of color, white people. Um, because the main reason it changed was because we were facing harassment from white supremacists, from racist people. Um, Mama Myrtle was getting harassment, phone calls from white people and she, white supremacists. White supremacists mm-hmm. specifically. And she texts me like, all right, it's starting. Like, you know, the first harassment phone call just came through. And then um, Francesca's mom on social media, they were trying to harass her. They found her mom's page through her stuff. And then the baby's being subjected to racist comments on the Afrofuture youth page. The the our little siblings still look at this page. They don't have in ourselves, page. of course. We had I've, I blocked over a hundred people on Twitter. Oh, I to blocked date. so many people, and that's that's probably I'm probably selling it short because I'm constantly blocking every just day. Same, it's just block, 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 block. Because this is day ten. So, <laughs> um, right. So basically, you know, us seeing these things and blocking people and then knowing that the young people are on this page and they check in sometimes to see what's going on and they have to see these comments. I have to shut the comments off. Um, that ain't even cool. It's people's safety. Our performers are getting yeah. things thrown at them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the, the damage yeah. that this has brought to the community, community because of the people who's the people who align with her, they share certain views. Her a big bulk of her supporters right now are white. 
supremacists. We just mm-hmm. got to call it what it is and conservatives. Mm. So, I mean, Trump supporters, mm. she out here doing interviews right now with Trump conservatives, supporters. like mm. whether they're black or white. Even though a lot of the harassment has mainly been through white people, she's also still giving her time to people who are conservative mm-hmm. um, Trump supporters. And um, white people support these black Trump supporters, too. You know, yeah. I don't believe they see them as, as who they really are, as these black people. And I, that's my own opinion. But, you know, politically, they align with them. And so it's been sending all that our way. And we, for people's safety, we changed the ticket prices. That was the first thing. The second thing, somebody did hit us up and say this could be a legality issue. I've been hearing different things. One lawyer telling me, you know, no, nah, it's not okay. But then I read a news article where a lawyer commented and was like, no, actually, because they're doing it this way, they might be okay. And I'm just like, look, ain't nobody on the same page with it. And I just need everybody to be on the same page with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so. at the, But the, but the t- law, right. in all fairness, right, is meant to be bent and broken mm-hmm. and meant I mean, they to do be it all interpreted. The time. I was, I'm over here. It's the they interpretation. Do it all it's crazy how many uh, That's what attorneys do. Attorneys interpret the law. Let me tell you something. A, a, a quote unquote amazing, great, dope um, defense attorney, like in a criminal case, you can murder someone. I'm not suggesting this. This is not endorsed. <laughs> you can murder someone. And just go to your attorney and you say, look, I murdered them. Here's the, here's the weapon. Here's all the evidence. I did it. And they can get you the least. They can get you the least amount of time. They can probably even get you to not do time just because it's, it's the interpretation and it's the language of law is so malleable that like it was meant to be. And, and the English language is meant that's why you have like there and there, mm-hmm. you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the English language is meant to be twisted Agree. to your, to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And if you have access to capital, mm-hmm. then yeah. you'll be chilling. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not suggesting that anything here is illegal or harmful mm-hmm. or anything like no, that. What I'm saying is that that's ridiculous yeah, wonder if it was just a black, like black only festival. Like that was the, the no, marketing. No whites. No whites now allowed. Imagine, right. bro. Imagine. Let me tell you honestly, what they trying to turn it. In in Europe, right? Totally separate issue. But in the fashion world, all through the nineties, two thousands, in Europe, when black mod, when when models go to castings, and and you know, in model castings, they are casting you off your looks. Mm-hmm. There is a sign. Italy, France, you know, London, everywhere. In Europe, the sign says NB. Mm. No black. Mm. And it's a big old sign that says NB. And if they have NB on the casting door, no black. That was normal. And I'm talking about Gucci, Trendy, you know, Gucci and Fendi and Trussardi and Valentino and all these, you know, Louis Vuitton. Like mm-hmm. all these, you know, Celine, <laughs> you know, you understand what I'm saying? Chanel, NB. I'm talking like for for decades, bro. This is like the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. Now it is Europe, and like I said, the way they did it here was more like, okay, you know, it's Coachella, so 
We about to charge you four hundred dollars. Yeah, they do way right. more strategic, strategic, <laughs> uh, racist, racist stuff. Like you know, yeah, you know, not booking any black artists. Mm-hmm. What are yeah. you telling me? You're telling me no. We couldn't less, find one. Paying headliners that yeah. have more fans. Less. I mean, yeah, let's, let's cool, be, more cat like Beyonce got let, paid less than Ariana yeah, Grande. Let's be real here. Wow. For Baychella. And, uh, and let's be real here. I do. Oh, know. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 I was no, about, no, no, I was no. About, let's, let's be real. No, say it. <laughs> let's be real. I'm so sorry. I'm going to leave that for you. I'm going to leave that for you. No, I'm leave that for you. no, no, and no. Also, no. let's just talk about how, you know, the smear campaign for like the festival, <laughs> things were brought up as to we're not paying artists and these things and everyone that's getting paid is getting paid what they asked for. We asked people. We said, what's your offer? What do you want? You know, what's up? Mm-hmm. What do you need? Are you, we're like this, we presented it to them like this is for charity. So we do appreciate it if you do it off the love. However, we would tell people to be real. Like if you need some coin, tell us what's up so we can make that happen. Mm, I think and, that's fair. With a, see, see, this is the thing. Okay. <sighs> this whole thing about arts and culture, the pricing is subjective. Mm-hmm. Flat out. <laughs> the pricing is subjective. You can go and find, you know, a private buyer for some painting mm. and they'll offer you <laughs> whatever you could go to a gallery and then they'll set the pricing because they're like at our gallery this is like we don't sell anything for less than this and we take this cut you could you know uh be hungry and be like shit this 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 painting was like ten thousand dollars but just just buy me a sandwich you know, I mean, art is so subjective and it people is. don't realize that like, you know, that goes just into that like cultural thing. Yeah. I mean, even like, even like booking acts, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you could go to one uh, outlet and they'll be like, okay, our budget is, you know, $100,000. And then you'll say, okay, you could go to another outlet and they'll say, how much do you charge? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And neither one is like, both are a standard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like when you're doing events and things like that, some people will try to say, no, you should do it this way or you should do it that way. You should do it the way that it works. Right. Speaking of that, I need everybody to understand that if you want a space full of your people only is nothing wrong. You don't have to make no room as black and brown Mm. people. You need to be okay actualizing and creating and stepping into that space. Yes, we did like say in this case, white people can come, but y'all got to pay more. Um, but y'all ain't got to invite nobody to the dang cookout. Do Mm-mm. not, if you don't want to. It's, that's just what it is. Like, do what makes you feel safe. You do go. what makes you feel good. Do what you feel like you need to do. All right? But like, that's the thing, right? People don't know. Mm-hmm. People have not been given the safe space to think. Let's start there. Yeah. And they haven't been given the safe space to think about themselves and then they definitely haven't been given the safe space to think about themselves and what they want. So now this brings me to why Afro Future Youth is important because mm. the curriculum normalizes this. The curriculum is so we can step into this future where these things are not foreign to us. Mm-hmm. They are going to step into adulthood already knowing. 
and the group behind them and the next cohort behind them. We want to push them in and support them even when they run through this program and just keep it moving and going and going and going. They got to know. Yeah, that's like, a, that's like a hundred dollar ticket off that right there. So. Right. <laughs> And, and one of our one of our uh, little siblings put out a video on YouTube explaining yes. all of this. I it was, saw it. Oh it was really good. That's, so, so that's good. Ami who will be performing. Hey. Ami loves K-pop. Ami is just so amazing. Um, shout out to Fire Angelou, um, who mm-hmm. is a Detroit activist, poet, mama, healer, out here in Detroit, and has been going strong for so long, raising Ami and her siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, fire is no force. It's literally the name. She's fire, and she stood by me when I um, a few years ago when we chained ourselves to that dang police station. Fire went to jail with us too. Yeah, I'm always talking about that. <laughs> I'm like, fire was like we were we were in Black Lives Matter together, um, and Ami's mama was right there with me. Mm. You know, and so this is the baby in the future that um, she's bringing into this world and, and helping to step into uh, what's important and our values. And mm-hmm. also, yeah, like even with BLM, like we held black only healing spaces mm-hmm. because it's important to be around people who can get you the most. And even if you do feel like white people understand you somewhat. This is not something you can fully 100% understand without experiencing it. And if white people do think they experience something similar, it is not because you are white. Uh, Charlemagne made some good quotes earlier. Yeah. I'm not. Ooh. That's so hot that they just, touched that too. Oh, yeah. 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 I can't believe we're agreeing with Charlemagne. Just, speaking about like, <laughs> well, I guess he's like evolving. He has, he, he has his no, moments. Just, he has his moments and he's evolving. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's he never happened to me before. Yeah. Transfer, right and that's what, that's, that's what important. Yeah. Yeah. As well. mm. yeah. Transformation is possible. Transformation is important. You know, this person, Charlemagne, is transforming. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I never, I yeah, just have yet to experience. Or like you said earlier, like, it's just, we're layered, right? Mm -hmm. So layered. Mm -hmm. Well, also, too, you you, you flew past, like, two things. One, you were director of Detroit Black Lives Matter. Oh, I was um, co-lead organizer. Co-lead organizer. So myself and uh, Curtis, so they go by Curtis now, Mm -hmm. um, were co-lead organizers. Curtis is uh, the daughter of Mama Myrtle and Baba Wayne Curtis. Mm-hmm. Who um, are the owners of Feed and Freedom, by the way? So nice. they've been ride or dies. Like, <laughs> they've been Mama, uh, Marta, and Baba Wayne been looking out for us for years. Um, but yeah, so yeah, co lead organizer for like a year and a half to two years. And then I stepped down to focus on grad school. And also, movement work is just, it's a lot. This is still movement work, although it looks different. Yeah. But like, we, when we got arrested, the Black Lives Matter Network was not checking for us. Okay, explain what happened because people don't Dog, know. Like, this is you know what that story I'm always telling see. you about how they changed themselves to the police station. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. So this was a part of a national day of action between the movement for Black Lives or for the movement for Black Lives, right? Um, excuse me, not for by the movement for Black Lives. The movement for Black Lives um, is at the time I don't know if it's changed at all. Was comprised of. BLM, the BLM Network, and the Black Youth Project 100 Network. Um, collectively, we decided we want to do a National Day of Action where we uh, disrupted spaces um, that were not contributing to Black life thriving or were a threat to us. Um, 
had not held themselves accountable. Mo- most of us focus, I believe, on police stations on this day. So around the nation, however, you weren't, you didn't have to participate in this, by the way. If your chapter felt ready and prepared to do the work um, and you felt comfortable and safe enough to do it, safe, quotation, air quotes around mm-hmm. that, then, you know, um, go for it. So, but the the important part is this was all going to be happening around the nation at the same time on the same day mm-hmm. so in Detroit we were gonna um, we decided to shut down the police station that's off the boulevard by the McDonald's um, off the lodge um, so and why did you choose that why, one the yeah. reason why the officer um, at that station don't know if he's still there is responsible for the death of Ayanna Stanley Jones who was killed in 2010 at, um, when she was 7 years old lying on her grandmother's sofa asleep the gun misfired and that doesn't mean I don't really give a damn about you can say oh well, it's not his fault because it was an accident here's the thing the care and concern that police officers take when entering a white home versus a black home completely different completely different you should have known a child was in that home you should have done your research before you just entered into somebody's home and just carelessly did what you wanted to do while filming for a a and e show they had cameras in there too filming for a show like this is not going down like this you mm-hmm. know gun this fire people were still. asleep that's the part i guess i didn't you hear know? they were filming for a show too yeah, yeah they cameras were... were rolling i remember i was on my way to school when i heard about this i was i graduated yeah. from Cass. i was on my way to school, I'm in 12th grade at this time, just a couple months away from graduating. And this baby, who was just seven years at the time, younger than me, um, or I'm sorry, 10 years at the time, yeah, younger than me, um, lost her life. And I just didn't even know how to feel. I'm just like, dang, you know, I didn't know how to process that at 17. I didn't have no spaces where somebody could really break that down for me. All I knew was that it was messed up. But anyway, so Ayanna Stanley Jones, that officer, Darren Wilson, um, was not held accountable for this. Uh, no charges, no nothing. Like, but he you know, went in when people were sleeping. He went in when baby was sleeping. People in this house were. It sleep. was it was nighttime. That sounds like Fred right? Hampton type stuff. Okay. It was. Yeah, he. So, it was nighttime, and the grandmother was asleep. I can't even remember. Yeah, the, everybody was asleep right. because they didn't know because it was. And uh, what do you call that when when they you know just kind of come pop up, up on yeah. you? Yeah. It was a raid. And it was yeah, a raid. It was yeah. a raid. It was a raid. But the thing about And they were looking is, for her son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they came and, the, you know, they want to have a grandiose, uh, what do you call that? Yeah. Like, you know, dramatic You don't thing go up in there like that TV. unless you know he in there. Like, right. 100% he's in there. They you had some, they, they claim they had some tip, right? It was all for, it was all for cameras, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a TV oh, show yeah, being right, filmed, right, so they right. needed this dramatic thing right. to like break into this house. Yeah, you know. Sorry, Nundi, I'm sorry. No, you're you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Um, but yeah, nobody checked to see who all was in the home. You know, nobody they they don't care enough to do that type of stuff, and also just entering somebody home like this, like it's all, everything, every aspect, every piece of this is wrong. The gun misfired. Right. The child Ayana was killed, and um, her family is still like. Dealing with that to this day, you're never, ever, ever, ever going to get over losing somebody. And you will mm. especially not get over losing somebody in that way. You mm. especially will not get over losing somebody when nobody is held accountable. It happens too often in, in the black community, just period, where we have these interactions with police officers. Terrence Kellum is another example here. Happened in Dearborn. And that was, I'll get to that in a minute. 
But like, I mean, so we was like, what's up? Like, this person hasn't been held accountable. Why not shut down the entity that y'all not doing us no good? And therefore, in our eyes, you are not fit to be open and operating. You're not fit to be open and operating, period. So we're shutting you down. You're, as a community, we are shutting you down. So for a week leading up to this, we were practicing in a comrade's backyard. We are running from literally with chains around our back. I've never felt like chains this heavy ever. Like holding them in your hand is heavy. Having them strapped around your waist or your shoulders is another thing. Running from one tree to the next, chaining one tree to the other tree. If you did it in less than 10 seconds, you had 10 seconds. Did it in less than 10, you might as well have gave up because that's it's going to take less than 10 for them to come out and arrest you and see what's going on. 10 seconds, I believe, was the rule. You had to keep going and doing it, running from one tree to the next with a partner um, until y'all got it right. We was doing this damn near every night for hours into the morning. How many people? How many? It was different was it people had different roles. I mm-hmm. want to say it was six of us you so how we broke it down we when we did a lot of organizing work for this and other stuff it was we did it by color red and then there was um red orange and i want to say yellow red is i'm okay being put in a situation where my life will be in danger where i might be arrested where i might not come back home yellow is if y'all absolutely need me to do that, like if something goes wrong, you need me to step in, I'd rather just chill. But I'm here if we got to do that. You know, I got work tomorrow for show, for show, for show. Like, you know, but got me or if you you need me to do it, I got you. And then the other one, I think it was either like yellow or green or something. And that's it's like, I am, thank you, green. I'm absolutely in no position to put my life in danger for whatever reason. No matter what decision you made, that decision was going to be respected, understood, not questioned. Mm -hmm. So I said red. I'm always red. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know. I'll just be ready. Call it Leo energy if you want to, but I'll just be down. So, um, and not to say nobody, you know, if you didn't do it, you're not down, but you just, you go where you feel most comfortable. So, um, yeah. So on that day, we, we pulled up. We met up at somebody's house, packed up these book bags, pulled up to the McDonald's and um, waiting because it's a McDonald's next door to the station. And we waited for a minute. I forgot how we knew when we were supposed to go over there, but drove around a little bit, literally hopped out. I never ran so fast in my life. It was on some secret agent mission type stuff. (laughs) Hopped out the car, ran to the gates first. So me and Curtis's job was to lock their gates shut. Got messed up because we did it in under 10 seconds. We was good. And then Curtis tried to bring that chain over to me. Chain was too short. Somebody ain't measure it, right? That wasn't my job. I don't know whose job that was, but you ain't measure them chains, right? <laughs> I'm still mad you ain't measure them chains, right? So um, we couldn't lock the gate shut, but we couldn't stay there to try to figure it out. I'm like, we took three seconds too long after that. I was like, all right, we got to go. Because after the gate, you're supposed to hop around to the front and we were supposed to meet everybody else at the front where they were chained to the doors. And we were supposed to chain ourselves with them and join them there. So, um, yeah. So that part went successful. The front doors did get chained shut. So um, by this point, they outside asking us, we not talking to them. We don't talk to the feds. That's just it. We knew not to speak. So it was like, whatever you asking us, we not hearing. We at this point, we out there for over an hour um, and a, a march of like a group of people come our way. We had the other half of us planning a protest leading from the park. 
coming to the police station. So when the police did try to come out and talk to us, now you got a crowd. You know, now there's a march happening in honor of Ayanna. And the end point for that march was the police station strategically planned. So now everybody could see what's going on. You try to touch us. You try to do something. It's people out here everywhere. Plus, I believe we had legal observers, too. Everybody was out there. So um, they called the fire trucks and they cut us out. We was out there for a few hours. We already had bail set. You go into this type of stuff. You are as strategic Mm. as you can be. We knew more than likely we was going to jail. So we already had a page set up to get money to bail us out. And that person, I don't remember who was over that, but the moment they took us off, that's when the site or the fundraising went active to get us out. So we were in jail a few hours, I want to say, a few hours, well into the night. And everybody met us up at the jail and was out there with food and snacks hey. and everything we needed. We came out knowing we were supported. And that was, it was, it was really interesting. Um, I do want to say um, I need to find a link in the things to still support Ayana's family because they still need some support. Mm. You forget it's once it ain't in the news no more, you just forget about people. Forget mm. about stuff. You know, we don't need to forget about each other. We still need to be holding them up, not just in thoughts and prayers and meditations and, and libations for ancestors and stuff, but directly funding them, you know, like directly looking out for them. Mm-hmm. So, um if And I then how was that, it um after? Like your life after after you get it. You got arrested a mess because the courts purposely strategically. You got out in a couple hours. We did like a few. We were there in jail for like a few hours, but going to court was a whole different ball game. Like I've been to court for real minor stuff, like little paying off a ticket or something. You know, like this time I'm in court for something way serious, and the judges. What was the charges? Public obstruction it was something it was something about obstructing something i still got my i still got the paperwork back at home i can't remember exactly i mean you guys just did a citizen's arrest on the whole dog department so So it was just wild because i'm like strategically they split us up on purpose so you think you going to court together and facing the judge together you not Mm. you Uh, what was the split they just was it like one person, one person each, each. and no, and it, was it like you said it was six of y'all or six of us? Mm. It might have been two people out of the group that got to go to court together. Mm. Other than that, the rest of us was by ourselves. And for some people who ha- are facing things like this for the first time, and you not getting support from the BLM network, you not getting as what, much publicity. What is support? Support looks like in this newsletter that goes out monthly, y'all need to be saying our people in Detroit need help. It, it looks like awareness of what's going on. They weren't even talking about it. Not mm. even on Twitter, not even in a newsletter. Did people speak to them about that? Man, we talked about that. That's a whole nother story too. But like, it's like we out here and we're out here because y'all as the people who are a part of leading the network, you know, let us know that this was going on and, and told, made us feel like we would be supported afterwards. I mean, like, you're going to pay for these court fees. I don't even remember how much they were. I don't feel like they were too, too bad, but I guess that depends on who you are and, like, how much money you got and whatever is happening in your situation. But um, 
No, they split us up and that was scary. And my lawyer showed up late to court every time. I'm talking about over an hour late. I'm talking about my lawyer so late that the judge is about to start my part. And oh, I'm about man. to be up here trying to represent myself with a court appointed lawyer who don't know me, don't know nothing. And my lawyer was also rude. These were pro bono Where'd you lawyers. Get the, uh... Pro bono. I don't remember exactly where that came from, but it was the most worst experience I had with a lawyer. The process was horrible. I got put on probation for like six months. If anytime I travel somewhere, I had to check in um, with my probation officer. But um, yeah, it was it was just an experience. And to make matters worse, they said our charges they felt like were as serious as prostitution. They compared it to prostitution. They said that apparently the prosecutor said the three things they take the most serious as far as crimes in the city of Detroit top two. Is stuff like what we did, activism in this way, and prostitution, which ain't nothing wrong with prostitution. And so I just want to say that. That like, Trump's they murdering to, a seven-year-old? Yeah, Trump's murdering a seven-year-old. That's how serious they took this stuff. We were, I was back and forth in court for a good half a year, feeling real lonely and real confused. And how much do you think you, did you spend money? I know I had some fees. I just can't remember exactly. I think it was just like a few hundred Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I because and we had to fight for me because um they it was a law and it's it's called HIDA when you are under twenty four years old at the time you commit a crime they'll just give you probation or like let you go I was I turned twenty four a few weeks after I want to say or I turned twenty five I can't remember and so but the, at the time of the crime or now, it's not a crime to me. At the time, what we did, what we did, I was I qualified for Haida. And we wrote a beautiful letter. Like, people wrote the letter on my behalf to try to get me Haida and to get me, like, out of the situation a little bit. And they denied it. I'm just like, y'all, they gave Haida to my other comrade, to Kiani, and they wouldn't give it to me. And I'm just like, okay, like, this makes no sense. But I don't know, randomly, a month later... They just randomly gave it to me. I'm also going to say I did some Arisha work, too. Like, I gave my offerings to Shango. Shango asked me for some offerings. My first Arisha reading happened during that time. And Shango, the Arisha who represents justice, asked for an offering. They were like, are you in some legal trouble? I was like, yes. It's like, okay, Shango is asking for this. I was like, bet. Gave it. Went over to my godfather's house. Did what I had to do a month later. We got a random call. Like, they just going to give it to you. They didn't say why. I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> like, that's all I know. Shout out to my godfather. Shout out to Damon. <laughs> he yes. stayed on my head. Oh, my God. Wow. But, yeah. Powerful. Oh. That's yeah. so powerful, right? Yeah, she. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there are still, um, there were still some people dealing with effects from that even, like, after some of our comrades. You want to shout any of them out or you want to keep them on a the low? No, I think they're okay with me shouting them out, knowing them. Um, shout out to Paige. Shout out to Dakari. Shout out to Kiani. Shout out to Faya. Um, shout out to all of us for doing what we had to do that day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, what is the result? The result of what we did? Mm-hmm. I mean, this man is still working. You know, he's still a part of DPD. And Ayana's family still not getting the support she needs. I think that people only care once there's attention on it. We brought some more attention back to it. So for a, a, a split moment, people cared. 
But, you know, what does consistent support and attention, you know, really look like? Sustained, mm-hmm. sustained. How do we sustain the thing, these movements, and make sure we could really see um, tangible results from it mm-hmm. and not short-term results from it? It's all a learning lesson, you know, but I, I really... If we could have gone about it differently, I think I would have just only to figure out how do we sustain us looking out for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And now you're doing Afro Future Fest. Right. To make sure that some black bodies are in the future. Yes. And I'm just going to bring Danny back in here. Been yeah. back here watching her, being quiet. One of the performers for Afro, Afro Future Fest and why you should go because her energy is great. This moth came over to her. Set in her hand, she basically petted it. <laughs> right. It flew back off, then it came back, landed right back on her hand, and she's talking to Piper, looking in Piper's eyes. <laughs> then the then the, then it goes on her beautiful poetry book. Am I lying? No, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying. That's great moment. energy. We had the moth, we had a moment. Yeah, I did. <laughs> wow. Tell us about this new love affair with this moth. <laughs> <laughs> We broke up. <laughs> oh, okay. Gone somewhere. <laughs> Just hit it and quit it. Right. <laughs> you know no, how moths moths do. Yeah. You know how moths do. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited about this. You guys give me energy. Yeah. Back in my day. No, but you guys give me so much energy. <laughs> You know, it's so beautiful. It so. was nice meeting you guys, too. Like, I'm so excited for this festival. We about to rock it out. Yeah. Yeah. So Look at Brittany. She already claimed it. It's yeah. Ashe. talking about we. Ashe. 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 Oh, yes. It's we, community, yes, right? Yes. 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 And it's going to be some twerking, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Spiritual some, twerking. Yes. Healing on one side. Concert performers on the other. Yeah. We here. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Our hosts worked at um, Mokata, the museum. <laughs> That's great. I got to learn a little bit better. <laughs> so it's going to be amazing. Shout out to Trice for doing our set design and stage. We oh, got yeah. a black woman in Detroit designing our set. Millennial. Designing Trice. photo activations, designing the stage, designing signage, all of these things. All That's the great. things. Yeah. yeah. And our great. stage will be 360, so. Mm-hmm. I love really, it. We really doing this, though. Like. Fran came up with the vision for the 360 stage, y'all. Like a, a circular stage. Is it gonna be? Is it gonna be moving still? Can we make it? I don't move? know yet. I don't know yet, but it is definitely gonna be 360. Oh, okay. Y'all are so humble. Y'all are talking about the most cool. Like, yeah, I hope so. You know. Yeah. What I'm going for. Hope, you know. Yeah. Man, it's Maybe about to be with magical. This email we gotta kick it there. <laughs> I want to do rad cape. Morgan slash super oh, cool Rick and she My be best wearing, friend makes those. I'm so. I'm wearing a do-rag cape. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a couple outfits. It's literally what it sounds like. Oh, a do-rag. do-rag. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, a go, old girl had one of those on at a super fashion cool show. Oh. Uh, practice. Mm-hmm. It might have been Super Cool Wicked. My best friend made a seven-layer do-rag cape for Super Cool Wicked. Mm-hmm. And these layers had so many different textures of fabric. It was really beautiful. Oh, it sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds gorgeous. It's great. It's great. It's great. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of the She's fashion. also like designing pieces for different artists oh, for the right. for the festivals. So. Oh, that's really oh, cool. And all of our DJ sets are interactive and so they have themes like 
bring your cowboy hat, bring your water gun, bring your do rag. Bring your bring your do rag. Bring your skateboard. Bring your skateboard in your vans. That's that's the one I'm most excited for because I skate. Of identities of black showing up. Man, I'm ready. Shout out to Afay, Afay Marie, the skater. I'm excited. It's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be great. It's gonna be good. I feel like people should bring like the the lollipop pacifiers for Milfi. Like that would be real cute. That would be cute. I I haven't worn those since I used to go skating at Northland. The light up ones. Shout out to Milfi. Aw, bro. (laughs) Shout out. Can we shout out the performers really quick? Of course. I was just about to ask you that too. Mm-hmm. Man, shout out to Milfi, shout out to Curtis Roach, shout out to Adolph Jen and his brother, like Satomi the Red Fox, uh, Rocket Man. We got White Buffs on the Astro Plane. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, White that name on alone. The Astro plane? White Buffs on, on the, the Astro plane. plane. I like it. Mm-hmm. I see it. I, I actually see it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got Know the Ho. Um, who else we got? We uh, did you say Charity already? Charity. Charity's we got Charity. Yeah, Black Boy Shine is hosting Andy Jang um, again. So many people. We got Sci Pi. We got um, Rahmina, Jalen no, Gatz. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I just want to update to you. We had a, we, that just happened. We had a, a Chicago artist who was coming through, but they couldn't get off work. They thought they could. So mm, still good. shout out to Jalen Gatz. Um, and his partner, who's also my roommate and god sister, Ra Amina, both of them right now got to chill out. Um, but it's okay because we still have so many other awesome people. We got Actually May. We got um, Prism. We got AK640. Yes. Boy, Rocket Man. Ooh, sorry, y'all. AK640. Mm-hmm. Yep. AK640. Mm-hmm. And Problematic Black Hottie. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and, and the list is growing. We have some people that are um, adding on to the day portion. So this is really? really the list for the nighttime show. Oh, it's um, so nighttime yeah. show. Okay. Oh, wow. That's oh, going to yeah. be so awesome. I'm yeah. excited. Me too. Okay. Now, if people want to donate to the youth program, mm-hmm. where do they do that? All right. So, we have an IOB page set up. I-O-B-Y. Uh, I-O-B-Y. Thank you so much. If you just Google I-O-B and Afro Future Youth, it'll come right up. Okay. Um, And that right now you're raising funds for the programming for programming yep through iob so it's iob.org forward slash project forward slash afro future youth nice um if you can't remember that just google iob and afro future youth if you google it make sure you type that in because if you google us right now everything else everything is gonna else is gonna pop come up, up. but <laughs> make sure you google iob and afro future youth yeah. and that will pop up mm-hmm. um, that's to donate directly to the youth program yes that's right. for folks who are unable to attend the festival. Right. right. You can also donate on Allied Media too. Right. right. You can yep. donate on Allied Media. You can also donate some tickets. Like if you can't go, people like from all over the nation have been buying tickets for other Wonderful. people. Yeah. Okay. So give us that ticket. Give us the ticket thing. But right now it's on Eventbrite. Uh-huh. For now. Uh-huh. Y'all just change about the morning because I'm tired. Yeah, you said you're gonna you're gonna shoot out a link in the morning, right? What, yeah. What's the link Afternoon. gonna be, you think? don't know people sent me some um cool websites i have not got to check into them yet but that's what we about to do tonight okay right? so we'll put it in the um in the write-up on thursday do you right? have any suggestions mm-hmm. do you <sighs> it's so many uh let that me see won't the ones take away the suggested donation yeah i, I know a so, bunch i know a bunch let me, let me see the ones that you got sure so y'all already. are about to find out about some black owned uh yeah ticket shout them out really quick Let's see. Somebody just text me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, 
This is for the black-owned ticket right. distribution online t- ticket distribution sites. So we have uh, www.eventsonwim.com. dot dot com forward okay. slash sell tickets. Um, yeah, and the person a web a black web designer um, reached out to me today and told me that. They seem legit to them, and they're also black-owned, so that's a plus, too. Mm-hmm. So they looked up some reviews, and they said that this site to them checks out. You know, we'll just make sure on our end it looks okay, too. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the—I think this might be the main black-owned one, because then they suggested Ticketfly and Splash. As How do you spell that? Ticketfly, and I don't think these are black-owned. It doesn't say they are, but mm-hmm. Ticketfly, T-I-C-K— uh, T-I-C-K-E-T-F-L-Y mm-hmm. and Splash as alternatives, but they're white-owned. So we're just trying to make sure we support our own right now. Yeah. But we're going to check out Events on Whim first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Events on Whim. Mm-hmm. We got you We got you in our, mm-hmm. our eye looking out. Hopefully you come through. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll put it in the, um, in, the, in the link there. But it's good we have to donate thing on there for folks to donate and then what's your social media afro future um afro future youth on instagram so if you just type in afro future youth on twitter it is a f y d e t which stands for afro future youth detroit facebook just search for afro future youth um and that's it that's all we got for social media and what about you danny I'm Danny Little everywhere. So um, D-A-N-N-I-L-I-T-T-L-E on Instagram, Etsy, and Facebook. I have a like page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, our Brittany here, you know, she's the only millennial I know that don't do social media. Y'all do it for me. Y'all. I don't yeah. blame you. Look, nah. I do not blame you. Yeah. So we're like I missed the, flopped uh, in that I, way. Since I have other millennials here, I'm just going to tell the story. So I was on Facebook. I was on Twitter. 2011. When? Oh, okay. 2012. I'm going to go 11, look for you. And then I was like, I lost my password to my Twitter page. And then I was like, I'm tired of Facebook. And so then Instagram came. And I'm like, man, Instagram ain't going to be nothing. That's going to be, I ain't getting on that. And then it just took off. I'm like, dang, Instagram did take off. And then I just was like, I'm going to just chill. I said I wasn't going to be on it. I'm going to just chill. So that's <laughs> that's all it is. I missed the, miss the wave. So she's the millennial that don't do social media. And I'm the Gen X that do social media like millennial. Mm-hmm. So we're flopped in that way. Mm-hmm. But that's like my mentor. Mm. No, that's my mentor. Yeah, that's my mentor. Y'all know how right pipe here. do. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. Oh my god, I'm just I'm excited. Yeah. Everything is so exciting, so inspiring. Um, yeah. So you have been listening to the Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different, and you want to go to uh, DetroitIsDifferent.net to check out all of the ways that you can listen. But you know that you could listen on Apple Podcast. Spotify, Google Play, mm. Stitcher, mm-hmm. and you know, just let your friends know Piper Carter Podcast on Detroit is different and the same with all our social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter Detroit is different and Piper Carter. Alright, see you next week. Peace! Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. 
You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. So you know that I had to write. That's why I get no sleep in between my sheets. Find nothing but clean linen. Sink it deep enough and you'll find another dimension. Attention to the truth. Things when you do things. How you really feel when they move change. With peace and love always above. How your thoughts are your power. Listen closely as the choir get louder. Floating on clouds and you fly away eagles. Watch this magic happen and you gotta feel the freedom of the float. Let me know when I take my people to another plane, another place, another level. Stay through all four seasons. Wish I had no reason. Well, we about you leaving, but it's always a reason. Cause you want nothing but the best. Say it with my chest and I look into your eyes and I hope you're feeling blessed. Cause you gotta spread a little love. Gotta watch it grow. Always sunshine in the clouds when it's no, I say, spread a little love, gotta watch it grow. Always sunshine in the clouds when it's snow. I say, spread a little love, gotta watch it grow. Cause it's always sunshine in the clouds when it's snow. One love.